0: to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and today's very special, Titan FC39 edition to Half the Battle is super cool. We're going to be previewing the card, talking to Titan CEO Jeff Aronson, Jay-Z Calvicante, he's fighting Pat Healy this Friday on UFC Fight Pass. We also got Diego Lima, David Machado, Kurt Holobo, Sarah Alpar, Lazar Stajodinovich, Chino Duran. Abdiel Velasquez and Kenny Gardro. the action is going down this Friday on UFC Fight Pass June 10th Make sure you tune in because Jay-Z Calvacante is taking on Pat Healy for the lightweight title and then it's interesting because Diego Lima and David Machado they were initially supposed to fight for the number one contendership for Bilal Muhammad's welterweight title Well as you guys know Bilal Muhammad is the UFC's newest signed welterweight So now the title is vacant So, Diego Lima and David Machado are going to fight for that vacant title. Now, it's funny because when I interviewed these guys, it was initially for the number one contendership, like I mentioned. So, just keep that in mind when you're listening to these interviews. And also, for the last time, make sure to tune in this Friday, June 10th, on UFC Fight Pass. That's where you can find Titan FC 39. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy. And joining me on this very special Titan FC edition of Half the Battle is the Titan CEO, Jeff Aronson. Jeff, welcome to Half the Battle.
1: Hey, how are you? Great to be on.
0: Doing excellent, man. I mean, we got an incredible event at the Bank United Center on June 10th, Titan FC 39. You got Pat Healy versus J.C. Calvacante in the main event. I mean, these
1: are two veterans of the game. How pumped are you for this matchup? Yeah, this is a tight. I've been trying to put together for, for a year and a half. Um, Z and, and Pat are probably two of the toughest vets um, around, period. Um, they're, they're two of the top guys, not in UFC today. Um, they, they have everything to in their, in their toolbox to negate whatever the other one's going to try and do. And I think it's going to be a literal chess match of Pat going forward and trying to walk Jay-Z down the whole fight and seeing if Jay-Z has the ability to, Really get slick with his jujitsu and his striking, and and put Pat in a bad situation. But, I mean, these guys have seen everything, and this is as good a fight as you're going to see. No, absolutely. I mean, you got two legends in the
0: sport. I mean, with Pat Healy, this is a guy that has not just victories, but finishes under his belt of Carlos Condit, Paul Daly, Dan Hardy, Jim Miller. Pat Healy has seen it all. And when you talk about Jay-Z Calvacante, at one point, he was considered to be the number one lightweight on planet Earth. He had a couple ups and downs, but he did what a champion does. He clawed his way back up to a title fight, and now he's got this big opportunity in front of him against Pat Healy.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jay-Z, um, he uh, he hurt his knees, He and you're absolutely right. He was considered the number one lightweight on the planet. He hurt his knees. He's rehabbed them. They're 100%. He just went to Japan. He just won um, by a, I think it was a calf slicer or a heel hook. Um, he looked phenomenal, and now he's ready to take on Pat. And I'm telling you, if if a prime Jay Z comes in against a prime Pat, and they're both you know ready for this fight, it's gonna be it's gonna be history that night.
0: No, absolutely. And I spoke to both guys. They're both fired up. They're both coming in motivated. And, you know, it's interesting because with Pat Healy, he's the kind of guy that, you know, you don't want to slow down in the later rounds against a guy like Pat Healy. So Jay-Z told me his cardio is going
1: to be on point for this fight, Jeff. Yeah, I, I believe it will. And I, I'll tell you, I've watched Pat fight so many times already, especially, you know, for Titan, He's, he's fought a bunch. Pat's one of those guys that in the fifth round or the first round, if you don't know and you don't look at his face, you can't tell what round he's in. It's the truth. He doesn't slow down. His pressure is just overwhelming, and I think that's why he wins, and he has the victories he does because his, his will to win and his, his grittiness and toughness and, and abilities. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's an incredibly talented guy. He wills himself to victory. I really believe that. Oh, no, no
0: doubt about it. I mean, his heart, his will to win, and just his relentless pace, his cardio really takes him a long way in the sport and then obviously with Jay-Z you can never count a guy like that out. So this main event at Titan FC 39 will surely deliver and then the co-main event, I mean we got Andre the Bull Harrison defending his belt against Davison and Hibera. Andre's been perfect, he's been undefeated and you know he's overcome adversity in his fights. His last fight against Steven Siler, he was in a very deep guillotine choke. Now a lot of guys would have tapped out, a lot of guys would have looked for the door. Andre, he saw it through to the end and he ended up winning the fight. But with Davison Hibera, you can never count him out, he's a vet of the sport. And he's got a big opportunity in front of him, fighting Dre the Bull. Yeah, I mean, the
1: thing about Dre the Bull is that he's he's the most physically imposing 145er I've ever seen in my life, and that goes back to my Alchemist Management days. And and you know, every I've seen hundreds of of 145ers and some of the top 145ers in the world. Dre, from a physical level, is is the most powerful 145er I've ever seen. And he got put in a situation with Siler, where Siler had that choke as deep as that choke could get. And I was cage-side, and I heard, um, I heard Drake gargling, but he would not tap. He wouldn't. And eventually, um, there was it, I think the round ended, or, or, or uh, um, he might have got out at one point. And his wrestling is so on point, it's incredible. And now I'm starting to see him integrate his hands more and more. And he comes from a great camp at Belmore Kickboxing Academy with Keith Tremble. Those guys are really, you know, tremendous guys. And he has great training partners. And like you said, he's not in for an easy fight. He's in there with a BJJ high-level black belt so um, that can strike. Um, it's going to be a serious fight, I, I you know. Dre has been perfect. I think he's thirteen and zero now. Um, man, I, this this is this is a big fight for for both guys because my opinion is this fight for Dre, <clears throat> at least for Dre, one hundred percent has to have UFC ramifications at this point.
0: Oh, no question about it. And, you know, I spoke with Dre. He told me he's going out there. He wants a third-round finish. And you mentioned the physical attributes. How about the mental attributes? I mean, Dre, he's so mentally tough. He can work through adversity. He has that will to win. You literally have to put this guy away to beat him.
1: Yeah, and he's one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet in your life outside of the cage. I mean, he's smiling. He's happy. He's shaking hands with the fans. He's doing interviews. Um, And I'm talking about, you know, Weight-cutting day, really. I mean, he, he's that kind of guy. And he just wants it so bad. I mean, if you look at his last four or five fights, let's think about it. Cody Bollinger, Kurt Hollibo, Desmond Green, Steven Silent. <laughs> I mean, man, he's knocking off the best 145ers I can find
2: out there.
0: No, no doubt about it, and it's interesting because with a lot of these guys that have these undefeated records, you might you know look deeper into the record. It might be padded. They might be taking on guys that are five and seven, three and eighteen. With Andre the Brown right. Harrison, just like you mentioned, he's taking on UFC vets. He's taking on hot prospects, and he's defeating them convincingly. But with Davison Hibero, he does have a big opportunity in front of him, and you can never count anyone out in a fight.
1: No, Davidson Rivera is, is, you know, I watched so much film on him leading up to this fight. He's a really, really dangerous guy. And he's the kind of guy that is not scared to fight off his back. Also dynamic striker. And, and he could be the kryptonite to Andre's wrestling. If Andre leaves that neck out there, I would not be surprised to see uh,
0: Rivera latch onto it. No, absolutely. It's a must-win for Andre Harrison, and it's the opportunity of a lifetime for Davison Hibero. Now, next up, we got Diego Lima taking on David Machado. This is for the number one contendership. The winner gets a shot at Bilal Mohamed. And, man, both these guys are super hungry. They got a point to prove. You know what, Diego Lima, his UFC run didn't go his way. But if you talk to the guy, you know, he thinks that, uh, you know, he didn't take the proper amount of time off. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. Now he took the proper amount of time off. He came back in his return. He got his hand raised, and now he's got an opportunity against David Machado, a guy that comes to fight every single time.
1: Yeah, this this right here could be fight of the night. Seriously, this could be just an absolute um, war for three rounds. You know, they're going to be striking. They're going to be in the pocket. They're going to be, you know, Lima doesn't back up one step. He's got beautiful Muay Thai. Um And, and Machado is, is tough as nails. I mean, he's he's a, a beast too, strength wise. Um, I don't I don't know how this fight's going to go, and and I'm going to assume the odds, the Vegas odds on on this fight are going to be so super tight, and and of course the whole Titan card. I think you know almost all the fights are are, are going to be pickums. I really do.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, both these guys are looking for the finish. And with David Machado, like you mentioned, he's just one of these tough, relentless, gritty guys. He'll stay in your face the entire fight. But Diego, you know, very technical Muay Thai. Diego's the kind of guy. You're not going to go out there and win a decision against Diego Lima. You have to put this guy away. And that's what David Machado wants to do. But uh, Lima's got other plans. So we're going to have to see how that one plays out, Jeff. It's going to be a
1: question. Can Lima's chin hold up against Machado? And... and, uh... Will Mashad allow himself to get into um, a Muay Thai match, a kickboxing match with Lima? It- it'll be interesting to find out. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to tune into
0: UFC Fight Pass on June 10th to find out. And also on the card, Kurt Holubo. He's taking on Luciano Dos Santos. And man, I got to tell you what, Kurt Holubo is one tough dude. You know, he thinks that he's been on the short end of a couple decisions that could have gone his way. He's very hungry. He's got a point to prove. But with Luciano Dos Santos, I mean, like we mentioned earlier on this card, this is a big opportunity. This is the biggest name he's ever fought in his career. And if he gets the win over Kurt Hullaboe, that could take him to that next level.
1: Yeah, and Luciano Dos Santos is no joke. I mean, this guy is the, the striking coach, head striking coach over at um, American Top Team. His record does not reflect the, the level of fighter he is. You know, um, Kurt Hullaboe, Tough as nails. I love Kurt. I love that he brings it every time. Luciano brings it every time. This is another candidate for fight of the night. One of those guys, I'm going to make a prediction, one of those guys does not walk out of the cage on their own that night.
0: Oh, yeah. No no doubt about it. They're both coming to fight. They're both going to bring the intensity. And I know that's what the fans love to hear. Now, it all goes down June 10th on UFC Fight Pass, Titan FC 39. Jeff, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Just let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you got coming up aside from Titan FC 39, June 10th on UFC Fight Pass.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, please follow me at, uh, Jay Aronson, Titan FC on Twitter, um, follow Titan Fighting on Twitter, um, Twitter. More news will be breaking, you know, like we just hired Jessica Aguilar as, um, as the woman's matchmaker for Titan. Um, this fight will be the debut of Karina Dam on this card as well. Um, there's, there's a lot of things happening with Titan. So tune in and, and see some incredible prospects coming up, some incredible veterans and truly the definition of, of what Titan does with matching the best vets against the best prospects, and then having super fights um, with you know two of the top vets out there, like Healy and Jay-Z, uh, I think I think it's going to be a night to remember.
0: No, absolutely. When you watch Titan, you're in for some good fights. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time, man. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special Titan FC edition of Half the Battle is Jay-Z, Jay-Z, Calvicante. Jay-Z, welcome to Half the Battle, man.
3: Thank you, man. Thank you for having a battle. man. Good to be here. Good to have some time with you guys. A little bit of the upcoming fight. Yeah, man.
0: It's my pleasure. I mean, for a long time, you were considered the number one lightweight on planet Earth. And you had a couple ups and downs, but you know what? A real champion, when they face defeat, they put their head down, they grind, and they claw their way back up to a title fight. And that's exactly what you did. So you pumped for this uh, world championship fight against Pat Healy?
3: Yes, for sure. I'm always ready, <laughs> I'm ready for. I'm always ready, ready for anything, everything in life. You know, that's not just my mentality to fight, but my mentality in life as well. You gotta be ready for everything. Uh, for sure, I'm looking, I'm always looking for the victory. But for the victory, do know. But same thing in life. But sometimes on the road, you're gonna have some losses. But like you said, a good champion pick everything. Put himself together, and go back on the top. And that's my time right now.
0: Exactly, man. And you're facing Pat Healy. He's known for his relentless pace and his cardio and his pressure. You know, he's not the most athletic guy, but the dude can go all 25 minutes. So, is your cardio ready for Pat Healy?
3: Yes, for sure. I'm doing. I always train for the for 25 minutes. You know, uh, I fought the rounds in Japan was 10 minute rounds. So I know I know myself, I know my condition, you know. Uh Patty has the ability to make like a dog fight and uh sometimes he makes also like a boring fight and uh and for me I'm I'm working to make a good fight, you know, on my way, on my style, not worrying about him. That's my thing. That's uh that's the mentality how it goes there.
0: Absolutely, man! You've actually taken some time off. Have you been uh, working on certain areas of your game, or did you just need a break, or what's the deal, Jay Z? Yes,
3: uh, I have. I have my time off. You know, was a little thing with stuff with uh, events, and uh, but that's all already in the past. I don't even talk about it. Just like a focus now. I'm in good organization. Title see, they are taking care of me. You know, they away. they give me an opportunity to come back from the title. You know, I have they have having good events. They have a lot of like a, they have other events lined up. You know, so uh, I'm happy to be in a in a, in a company that gonna give me fights, so I can fight consistent, and that's what I need now, and that's what I'm gonna be doing. So now I'm just get the consistency, get my victories, and you know, go all the way up.
0: Obviously, you mentioned that Pat Healy is a very tough guy, but. If you had to give a prediction, do you think you're going to knock him out, go all 25 minutes, or, or tap him out?
3: Uh, you know, a guy like that's hard to predict, you know. he's like, He can be like a mummy. Getting punches, coming, keep coming forward, you know. we can put him in bad positions. But, yeah, it's hard to predict. But I know my prediction is going to be at the end. My, my, my hand is going to be raised. That's my prediction. It doesn't matter how. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man, and you're still training at the Black Zillions, right?
3: Yeah, I didn't stop training at the Black Zillions. I started at the Black Zillions. Me, George, Yuri, and Danilo Villa Ford together with Rashad, you know, we were the the first guys. That's like a that's how the 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 gym started. You know, you are the basically you are the founders of the team, and then we get connected with uh, Glenn Robson, you know, our our godfather. And uh, he, he took care of us. But so that's how we
4: started the gym.
0: Nice, man. And who are some up-and-coming guys from your gym I need to look out for? Obviously, there's Danny Hot Chocolate, who's very, very good. But are there any other guys that I need to look out for from Black Zillions? Uh, for sure.
3: Like, like I said, Yuri, Yuri Ford is a new guy. It's not a new guy. he being been to see, He got cut. He had a bad, you know, a bad time. But now he's in a row. You're going to be fighting next week on the victory. You know, he got, like, the last three fights, I think, was a, a knockout. One beautiful flying knee that makes me jealous. You know, I told him he was copying my flying knee that I did back in K1 in Japan.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. But it was beautiful, man. It was nice. And uh, so he's, like, a his mentality, his attitude, he's more mature now. So... He's really good. He's the guy to look up to. Uh, we have Sean Soriano, you know, Oli Rivera. It's another beast. He fought, uh, I think it was a legacy. His last fight, he, he make a, you know, a good, good fight. He took, knocked the guy down a couple of times, he had the good takedowns, good ground game. Uh, the guys in the hole. So yeah, they, those are the two guys that come to my mind right now. But we still have a lot of uh, the guys, you know, uh, all the names like Kamado, Michael, Kamaru, you know, many, many, so many guys here, man.
0: Yeah, man, those guys are some killers, all the ones you mentioned, and they're all on my radar for sure. So I got to know, man, I mean, how much has your striking improved since you started working
3: with Henry Hooft? Uh, yeah, Henry's, uh I he's a style, he's like old school, what I like is and all. And uh, from the from the guy from I learned, you know, I I been in Holland before since uh, I think it was 2006 or my f- 2005 of, was my first time in Holland, and uh, that's when I adapted the Dutch style. And then when Henry came, was basically just a perfect fit for me, you know. He just sharpened it up a little, little bit more stuff, adapt my game a little bit, work. And it's good because Tyrone, it's another guy. I, I met him back in the days in Holland, you know, and it was a guy I, I always look up. And then when he came down with Henry, was great because uh, two guys that has a lot to work on my game. It's like Henry and Tyrone, they have the similar style, and they both worked for me as well, you know, and uh, it's a blessing man to have the best team in the world
0: (laughs) yeah it must be man is Tyrone taking on more of a coaching role these days sorry is Tyrone Spong more of a coach these days
3: no he's focusing boxing now he had like I think he's a four and right now four knockouts he's doing boxing he's doing more boxing now he's focused on that
0: yeah that dude's a monster what's it like uh, training with someone
3: like that it's it, like I told you, it's a blessing. Uh I he's like a ten time world champion in kickboxing. And now he has a couple of good victories in the boxing. He has his skills, he has power and uh has a good attitude, good mentality. I think that's the best for him. And uh also good energy when you have him around. And uh, that motivates you, you know.
0: Yeah, man, and obviously you, you have wins over Kyle Uno, Hani Yaya, Bobby Green, Kikuno, Tyson Griffin, but what was it like when you got the call from Titan FC that you were going to be challenging for their title, man?
3: It was uh, It was great. How to expect, you know? But I don't look much just for the title because the title is just the material, you know? Uh, the title is good because it says uh, proves that you did something that Make you reach the top of that. but on my mind, a fight is a fight. Doesn't matter if it has a title or not. Nobody fights with a title inside the cage. You know that's something you you get after. So my mind there when I go is just focus on the fight. I don't care if it's a if it's for the belt or if it's not. I'm gonna train the same way. I have one guy in front of me that I have to beat. If I beat him and I get the title, nice. If I beat him and I don't get the title, I just got my paycheck. That's nice too.
0: Yeah, I mean a fight's still a fight like you said. It doesn't matter if it's in the Titan FC cage, if it's in a parking lot, if it's at seven eleven, a fight's still a fight.
3: For sure, man. That that's always my mentality. You know, you can put the guys two guys in the front of the cabin so they cannot run and just fight. Throw so a bang over there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly, man. And I got a question for you. I know you don't like to look at the past, but it's really interesting for me. You were the number one lightweight on planet Earth. You had some ups and downs. How did you pick yourself back up and say, hey, man, I still want to do this. I still want to be champion.
3: Well, I I always did. You know, it's not something that I left behind. It's not something that my mind never shifted from, oh, I don't want to do this. No, I'm tired of this. No, I, I... I just kept my persistence, just kept resilient, keep coming. And just improving, fixing little stuff, you know. Uh, we all have a life outside of fighting. And uh, that's something that I had to figure out myself. I'm, the fighting is a big part of my life, but it's not just my life. And uh, I have my marriage, I have my family back in Brazil, I have my friends, I have a lot of stuff outside of fighting as well. And then I have to put everything together, everything in balance, and that gets better, you know? And uh, that's my mentality. Like, I always kept pushing, and now just, like, work, 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 and then things going to come. And like I said, it uh, came for me, and I'm going to prove all my time, 10, from tight but because the, the new belt belt's going to come for the new champion. That's going to be me.
0: There you go, man. Well, best of luck to you in that fight. And Jay-Z, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Just let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you got coming up aside from your fight with Pat Healy. Uh,
3: No, just the fight. I have a couple of my students that are fighting as well. Some guys are amateurs. Another guy is going to be pro. we are going to be fighting in Abu Dhabi. Uh, Yeah, I've been coaching as well training with other guys, you know, with the upcomers from the Black Zillings. I like to get the role, and uh, that's basically what's going on right now. Uh, and like like you said, you can find him on social media, on the Twitter and Instagram. You can find the at Jesus, that's my first name. That's G-E-S-I-A-S, and uh, Snapchat is the same, Jesus, but with J-Z at the end. And on my Facebook, you can Google Jay Z Cavalcante. You're going to find my whole page there.
0: Awesome, man. Well, Jay Z, once again, thank you so much for the time. And best of luck at Titan FC, bro.
3: Thank you, man. I appreciate the time. Thank you, the Black Zillions. Thank you, my, my team. My sponsors, 27 North. That's a pedal company. They support me a lot. Hymus Motors, the guys from Florida here, they have good cars. He's an auto dealer. That way I got my car. So it's really good to have those guys support me. And thank you guys for the time. And you guys are going to see me all the way up.
0: Yeah, man. Can't wait, bro. I'm pumped already, man. Best of luck, Jay-Z. Thanks. I really appreciate it, man. Take care. Have a good night. You too, my man. Peace out. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy. And joining me on this very special Titan FC edition of Half the Battle is Diego Lima. Diego, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Man, thanks a lot for having me, man. Absolutely, it's cool to have uh, one of ATL's own on the show, so welcome to the show, bro. That's right, I'm excited, man. I didn't know you were in the ATL. I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man, I was actually at your last fight, so we got a lot to talk about, man. Uh, you know, with a lot of guys, if they had a UFC run that didn't go their way, they would have quit the sport and looked for something else to do. For you, you took the proper amount of time off, and then you make your return in ATL in front of your hometown crowd, and you got the big victory, so how good did that feel, man?
4: Man, that felt amazing, man. That felt amazing, you know. All the time off, everything just paid off, you know. I did everything right. I should have taken the time off when I was at the UFC after I left the house, but, you know, I'm a hard head and had to learn the hard way, but, you know, it did wonders, man. And that's, uh, that win felt even better than the UFC win, man. That was amazing. I really needed that, especially overcoming everything, man. And that dude's size, that was a tough dude, man. That was a big son of a gun, and then. It just, man, I was really excited. I really was. I mean,
0: what's it like taking on a guy that's six foot five? Because I mean, you know, there's not many Bro, of those guys in your weight tell class. Tell
4: you, man. <laughs> I couldn't tell you, man. I saw with big guys before. I trained with some bigger guys, but my goodness, man, that dude was long. He was so long. I've never seen anything like it, man. And man, it just—I had to change up the game plan a bit, and you know, did what I had to do to win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And talk about overcoming adversity. Talk about your mindset, man. Because, like I said, a lot of people would have quit the sport, but you saw things through to the end, and you did what a champion does. You put your head down and grind.
4: Yeah, man. You know, I, I know, I know what mistakes I made in the UFC. You know, I, I did that. That was easy fix. You know, I was just overtrained and just just shouldn't take those time. It wasn't. I it, the timing wasn't right. You know, I shouldn't have taken those last fights. I did and. You know, it was just easy, simple mistakes, man. It was just easy fix and, um, you know, nothing a little time off couldn't off and fix. And, man, now we're just right back to it.
0: Yeah, man, and you know I hate to be a downer, but I do want to talk about those setbacks a little bit. I mean, do you feel like you simply got caught, or do you think you spar too hard leading up to the fights? What do you think happened, man? In no, your perspective? man, not
4: at all, dude. I was just, I was just beat, man. You know, I said, I said in a couple of interviews before, and it's just, I was just beat, man. Like I was pretty much, I was pretty much beat before I even got to the fight, man. Like I was just training so hard, I didn't take any time off after the house, I didn't take any time off after the finals. And, man, it just, everything started adding on, man. And then came fight week, I wasn't even having fun, man. Like, I just, I didn't even want to be there, you know. That I was just so tired, and I just wanted to be home and wanted to be over with. And, man, it was just, that was pretty much it, man, you know. Mistakes I made in the fights, I mean, yeah, I got caught, but, you know, those, those were shots that would, that would, a normal me, that, that, those are shots that would have put me down, man. And I was pretty much done even fight, even before the fight started, man. Well,
0: like I said, man, you dusted yourself off, and you come back, and I could tell you were excited on Fight Week, I mean, looking at your social media posts, and you had a very spirited fight against uh, Antonio, so, I mean, obviously you mentioned how good it felt, but, I mean, just, is it a matter of getting your confidence back, is it a matter of getting your arm raised in your hometown, what felt the best about that victory?
4: It did, it was, man, it was just getting my groove back, man, you know, just just fighting again, just having fun again, you know? especially at home, man, you got the whole crowd. It was just, it was something special, man. There was no way I was going to lose that night, man. You know, and then the opponent didn't, you know, he's tough opponent as well, man. If he was anybody else, man, that would have been, you know, that's a tough fight right there, man. So I, begged, I dug deep, man, and, you know, the crowd was behind me. You know, I was at home. I, it's just all that drive. I was like, man, I was, I was too ready, man. I was ready, ready.
0: Oh, yeah. We were behind you for sure, man. And when you got your arm raised, that was a really awesome moment. And, you know, I mentioned earlier on the show how you saw things through to the end. And now you're fighting for a number one contendership against David
4: Machad. So, I mean, you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Exactly, man. Exactly. Everything fell right into place, man. It really did. I wanted to fight at home, you know. I wanted to give my fans that because I haven't fought here in Atlanta since, what, I think it's been three, four years. So, you know, I wanted to take care of that first. You know, I didn't want to travel my first fight back. And, you know, Legacy was in town. And, man, it worked out perfect. And then now it's just everything is clicking, man. You know, I signed a, a deal with a Titan. And then, you know, first fight is for a title shot. So, man, fighting a UFC vet. So I got another tough opponent in my way. So, man, it's just everything is clicking, man. And, and people are about to see what I can really do, man, you know.
0: Absolutely, man, and you mentioned that you're taking on david mashad at titan f c thirty nine for the number one contendership, so first of all, what are your thoughts on David Mashad in this matchup?
4: man there's really not not a lot of thoughts on him, you know he's a tough guy man he he comes to fight you know he he'll keep it standing if he, he can wrestle he's good on the ground there's really you know it's just he's an all around fighter man there's really not 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 much I'm looking into it, man. I'm just training every aspect he's um he's good everywhere and he comes to fight so those are the fights i'm looking for man and he's pretty much got the same mission as me you know he's trying to make it back to the ufc he's coming off a win so man we're in the same boat and somebody's gonna go down man and it's not gonna be me
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean he's the kind of guy that likes to come forward and like you mentioned he likes to fight it's not he's not gonna try to hump your leg or any shit like that he's gonna go out there and try to fight you you ready for
4: that Exactly, man, and that's 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 what I'm looking for, man. He, I just, I need guys that fight, man. You know, and those all my fights are exciting, man. Every fight, you know, I come to fight. There's no, there's nothing there, you know. I'm just, man. I'm a fighter, you know. I like guys that are come gonna come fight, and man, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this matchup.
0: Yeah, and so are the fans, man. I gotta ask you, how does a Brazilian end up in ATL?
4: Man, he was my my parents. Um, about what? Uh, it's been 18 years ago, man. My parents came about uh, 18 years ago, and they, they were just looking for a better life. You know, things were kind of rough in Brazil, and then, you know, they were looking for a better life for us, and that's where we ended up. They knew somebody here in Atlanta. They wanted to come to the States, and they knew somebody in Atlanta, and that's where we ended up, man, haven't left since. And uh, that's where you met uh, Jucao? Yeah, Jucao. We met Jucao here. I started first with the Awesome Song Brothers, with Junior, Rafael, and Freddie. So I started with him first, and then Jukone moved in, and then my brother started with him, and then I started with him, and now pretty much we're all together. You know, Jukone's here, um, Junior's back, you know, Rafi's back, so everything is clicking now, man. We're all together. We train together one time at Jukone's gym, one time at my gym. So, you know, we get together all the time, so it's been great.
0: Yeah, and you definitely have a family vibe at your gym. I mean, you know, for me, as a fan of the sport, when I hear a Zhukao in your corner, he's like, boy, Diego, like, it gets me pumped up. (laughs) So, I I gotta know, I mean, how do you feel as the guy inside the cage?
4: Oh, man, it's like, you can't lose, man, you know, having those guys, and then you have my brother yelling, too. I mean, it's really something else, man. They give, they bring you energy, man, and it's, It's there in training as well. You know, when we train together, you can feel that. You can feel it, man. It's like a family, man. It's amazing. Amazing, amazing.
0: Definitely. I know you get asked a lot of questions about your brother, but I want to know something specifically because for me, I can kind of relate to your situation because I do have an older brother. I mean, for you, was it always a matter of looking up to him or did you guys come up in the sport together? What kind of influence does Douglas have on you?
4: Definitely, man. I actually started because of him, you know, because at the time I was playing football in high school, he was already fighting. He already had, I think, two or three pro fights. So, man, for me, it was always looking up for him, man, looking up to him. You know, he's my hero in the sport, man. He was a champion in the NFC. He got me there. You know, he was a champion at Bellator. And, man, for me, it's just I always look up to him, man. He's my hero in the sport. You know, he's the one that got me started. He, I'm his biggest fan, and man, it's just it's just amazing to have that, you know.
0: Absolutely, man, it really is. And you mentioned you played
4: American football. Yeah, oh yeah, I did. Uh huh. What posi- I was a captain my senior year in Wheeler High School. At Wheeler High School. What position, man? I played actually nose guard. Man, I was a big boy back then.
0: Damn, son. I mean, can you talk about your football experience compared to your MMA experience? Because, like, for someone like me, I actually think football is a lot rougher than MMA.
4: It is, man. It is. I actually got some injuries that I could have. That I decided to go in MMA instead, man. You know, it's very contact, man. It's like the most thing is just in your head, you know. Your head and neck, you know, head, neck, and shoulders all get banged up. But, man, I loved it, dude. I, I, I really, I there wasn't there hasn't been one fight that I used to get the feeling that I get the football, man. I don't know why, man. I used to get so nervous. I used to throw up before games, man. Like I. I used to pump myself up so much, and I love that feeling, man. I actually never got that feeling in in, in MMA for some reason, but I don't know why, but, man, I just love football. I really did.
0: That's interesting, man. So you don't uh, get super nervous before your fights? Obviously, everyone that's going to perform gets a little bit nervous, but you said you got more nervous for football, huh?
4: Oh, yeah, man. I don't know why, man. I I guess it was just high school, you know, friends were there or something. I don't know, man. But for fights, man, I think it was like, there was only like two fights that I was nervous for. I don't know why I was just, there was two fights I was nervous. But every other fight, man, I don't get nervous at all, man. It just come, it just comes normal, you know, because I know it's on me, you know. If I lose, like, it's on me, you know. Football, I think it was the team thing. Like, if you lose, you let your whole team down, you know. So when you're losing football, it's different because you got a team. So it just sucks. Everyone is being bad, you know. Everything bent out of shape when you lose, but. You know, for MMA, it's all on you, man. You lose just because of you, you know. There's no pointing fingers, none of that. So, that plays a huge part in it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a big difference between uh, team sports and individual sports. You just... uh hit the nail on the head. So I heard you on uh, my boy, I heard you on my boy, Adam Hunter's podcast, the MMA roasted podcast, man, that shit was absolutely hilarious. But you actually brought up the fact
4: that those guys are funny, man. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it was so funny, man. But you brought up the fact that you actually found out that uh, you had a kid on the way when you're 20 years old. So then you realize, hey, I got to get my shit together. So I want to know right here, right now in half the battle. I mean, what kind of changes did you make? Because now you're a successful guy. Oh,
4: man, everything, dude. Oh, my goodness. I was, those are my teen years, you know. Those are my clubbing years, going out, you know, girls and all that, you know. So I had to change that, man. All the drinking, you know, freaking just doing every type of bad thing you can think of, you know. Just going to work, just going to work to freaking party in the, in the weekend, you know. So those were my days, man. I'm glad I got that out of the way, though, you know, because I don't want to have a midlife crisis at 30, you know, saying, man, I never partied before or anything. (laughs) So I got that part over with when I was young. And, man, everything clicked and clicked, you know. Everything clicked. Now I got three. I'm 27. Now I got three. So, you know, it worked out fine. Yeah, that's amazing. must be a blessing, dude. Definitely it is. Oh, yeah. Kids are awesome. Talk
0: to me about somewhat growing up in ATL because, I mean, this place is no joke, man. Like you mentioned, in your younger years, you were out there partying. So how did you get focused? How did you decide, hey, I need to get my shit together?
4: Oh, man, just having a kid, man. You know, I having a kid and then, you know, if I was going to have a kid with somebody, you know, he, I, I wanted to get married to them. And it happened, man. That's how my I met my wife back in high school. So you know, when it happened, I was like, "Hey, we gotta settle down," and that's what we did, man. You know, and then it was easy, man. Just having a kid, I, I couldn't do that. Having a kid, you know, it's just I, I did not want that that for them as well. Uh, I did not want that for them, you know. And my parents grew me up right, and there that's it. I didn't want to have to him. Uh, I didn't want I didn't want them to have you know to look at their dad doing that, man. She was pretty easy for me.
0: I applaud you, man, because a lot of guys, they would have, uh, you know, taken the easy way out or kept doing what they were doing. But you put your head down. You said, hey, man, I need to change things. So much respect to you, Diego.
4: No, oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that was that was an easy one.
0: Yeah, so obviously we mentioned you're taking on David Mashad. Do you have any predictions for your fight aside
4: from the fact that it's going to be a really fun fight? Man, I really don't, man. This guy's a tough guy, man. If I have to beat him up all three rounds, I- I'm going to do it, man. But I- I'm going to look for a finish, man. I got to make a statement, you know. With Trockoli, you know, I just had to win. My last fight, I just had to get back in a winning circle, man. So, I, I played it safe a safer bit, man. I, I got to admit that, you know. I had wrapped him up and, you know, as-, as long as he was, you know, I had to hold on to him. So, I played a safe. I just had to get that win, man. I just had to get that W, you know. I hadn't seen it in so long, and he was just frustrating, man. So I had to get that W. Now now I can open up my game, man, you know. Now I can really – I don't have to worry about anything now. So now I feel like this fight is going to be one of my best performances, man, because I don't have any worries, man. I'm not worried about getting a title shot or not, man. Now I'm ready to show people what I really have, man, what I do in training, you know. Everybody knows me, man. I'm a hard-working trainee. I beat everybody up in training, you know, like I'm always working hard. I go, go, go. So that's what I'm looking for, man. It's just to do what I really do in training. And if I do that, man, you guys will see, man.
0: Definitely. Now, obviously, you're not looking past Mashad at all. And your short-term goal is to beat Mashad and then get the Titan FC belt. But what are your long-term goals in this sport, man?
4: Man, I got to get back to the UFC. I have to, have to, man. That is just, I got the bad taste in my mouth. You know, those performances I had in there, I, I didn't even know who that was, man. That was really not me. And I just have to show everyone uh, I'm way better than that, you know. I have to show to myself and show to everyone else, you know. It's just, I, I need that for me, man. I really need that. So that, that's my long-term goal, man. I, I got to get back in there.
0: Hey, man, well, you took the right first step. You got that victory. Now you're clawing your way back up to the top
4: definitely man that's what it's all about you know i'm gonna be back and soon enough man i'm gonna get that call
0: yeah definitely and i feel like you set a really good example not just for the people of atl but i mean your kids too to see that you know you can fall down in life but it's about picking yourself back
4: up oh definitely man definitely you know you can't can never give up man and they my kids look up to me too man they watch every fight and they see what's going on so you know i gotta i gotta show them man i have I have a lot to lose, man, so I'll never give up, man. I'm going to keep on fighting, man.
0: There you go, man. Well, Diego, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now, on Half the Battle. Just let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you got coming up, aside from your title eliminator against David Machado at Titan FC.
4: Man, that's it, man. I appreciate everyone's support. Please follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I'm at MMA. And man, I'm looking forward to this fight. Make sure you guys check it out. It's June 10th on UFC Fight Pass, Titan 39. I'm about to put Michaud to sleep.
0: (laughs) There we go, man. We can't wait for that fight. Thank you again, Diego, and have a great day, dude. All right, thank you, man. Have a good one. All right, peace out, Diego. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special Titan FC edition of Half the Battle is David (laughs) the Bulldog Michaud. David, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Hey, what's up?
5: Nice to be, nice to be on the
0: show. Absolutely. It's nice to have you, man. And uh we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, you're taking on Diego Lima for the Titan FC Welterweight title. Pump man?
5: Yeah. You know, the I think this is probably the highest level fight I could get without, you know, being signed to one of the major promotions. So, as soon as I got word that it was, you know, Diego Lima, I said, "Let's do it. Let's fucking do it."
0: There you go, man. And, you know, you fought two of your fights in the UFC at Lightweight, so how did you decide to go back to Welterweight?
5: I felt like I was killing myself going to 155. It was it was tough. It's just a hard cut. I felt like I wasn't really myself. You know, I felt slower, weaker, less cardio, just kind of everything. I couldn't train hard for the last couple months of, or, like, the last month of my camp. I wasn't able to get good training in because... I was so low, uh, weight-wise, so it was tough. So we can expect... I had just about 70.
0: So we can expect a fully fed and fully hydrated David the Bulldog Machat out there.
5: Yeah, for sure.
0: And, I mean, it's got to feel so much better to not have to cut so much weight and to go in there and just let your skills shine.
5: Yeah, like I said, it's so much different in training. Um, I can train hard all the way up until the fight, whereas before it was like, train for a little bit, and then the last month, I'm just basically dead, kind of trying to survive through the workouts, not actually, you know, like thriving in them, so it's, it's good, my last camp went real well, I felt a lot better. Do you feel like the reason you were able
0: to make 155 back in the day was due to your mental fortitude from wrestling?
5: I mean, there's a lot of big guys that cut that low, but it was tough, and I mean, I don't know, like, you know, I've been cutting weight a long time, but even then, when I wrestled in college, I wrestled at 184, so it was way lower, but I mean, I don't know, you know, everyone's everyone who makes weight has has the moments where they're like, ah, fuck this, I'm done, but you just gotta push through. What was it
0: like wrestling at one hundred eighty four pounds? Because I mean, that's fourteen pounds higher than one hundred seventy.
5: Yeah, I liked it. Um, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy, but I felt like I always did better against bigger guys. So whenever I was wrestling in college, it was just—I mean, I was a lot bigger too. I was—I uh, was cutting down from like two hundred, so I was—I was a good good size. I wasn't the biggest eighty four, but. I never felt like I went out there and just got tossed around, either.
0: No, you didn't at all. And and speaking of the UFC, man, I mean, you uh, you had some really good fights there at 55 and at 70. I mean, I thought you beat Li Jing Liang. I'm sure you feel the same way. But also against uh, Mercia, you had a very very good showing there, even though it didn't go your way. So, I mean, do you feel like you weren't able to perform at your best at 155 pounds? Because I mean, you
5: still fought really tough, dude. Yeah, I felt like I said. I- I probably felt like I was about 80% of what I should have been just from the weight cut and not being able to train hard. But, you know, it is what it is. I went through it. I I thought it would be a good move for me kind of after that fight. Even the fight that I won, you know, I cracked that guy a couple times, and it was like I had nothing on my punches. It was like I was a child trying to punch and putting everything into it, and I felt like I had no power. So, And I got tired. You know, I normally have decent cardio. I can get myself able to go 15 pretty easy. And I felt like my cardio was <clears throat> starting to give out even, in you know, after the first round. And I think it's just because I wasn't able to train as hard. I had to, I mean, I'm, you know, we going through all the workouts and stuff, but I just wasn't able to push it like I needed to. So I feel like at 70, obviously the guys are bigger gonna be harder to move around they're gonna hit harder gonna be harder to knock out but i feel like i'm gonna have so much more power and cardio that it's gonna work out for me
0: yeah it sounds like you're making the right choice dude i mean if you if you felt really weak at 55 in your punches then i think 170 is the right move for you and i got one question about the mercier fight how hard does that dude kick
5: see i don't know like <clears throat> i took a bunch of them and i didn't really notice them afterwards i was all bruised up on my ribs. And then it was the one where I thought I was out of range. I was backing up, and I thought I was out of range. And he caught me with, like, the tip of his foot right in the sternum. And it actually ended up breaking my sternum. So, I mean, it kicked me pretty hard. But, like, all of them, I think even one kind of skidded off my head, and I was all right. But, (laughs) you know, afterwards, I mean, I don't know. When I'm out there, I don't really notice it. But after my ribs were sore for a while and I was all bruised up, but, you know he's a he's a good athlete. He's a strong kid, strong guy. I guess it's like same age as me, so not a kid. But
0: yeah, he's a good guy. How do you fight through a broken sternum? Because I mean, one doesn't simply fight through a broken sternum.
5: Well, I guess I didn't. You know, I I came back to the corner and it was hard to breathe, like trying to open up my lungs and take a deep breath, and it was hurting. So I kind of knew I didn't really have five minutes left in me. So. I was trying to go out there and get a quick finish, he kept clinching me up and even just in a regular clinch when he was squeezing me, it was hurting. He ended up taking me down, he got my back and once he threw on a body triangle, it felt like, I mean, it all I don't know how to explain it. It felt like I was almost getting stabbed in the chest, so I was trying to fight it off, but I was too worried about my chest and he was able to sink in that rear naked.
0: Damn, dude. I mean, when you tell me that, it really puts it into perspective. Holy shit, you are one tough dude. And, I mean, when you dropped him in the first round, were you surprised that he
5: got back up? It was... Uh, I mean, obviously, I was hoping that he fucking stayed down. But, <laughs> I know, he, his eyes didn't roll back or nothing. He just went to his butt and popped back up. I was like, fuck. And then I knew he was going to get on me and you know, start taking me down again. But... It was tough. Um, I thought, I don't know, I just I didn't train my wrestling enough. I just kind of assumed that my takedown defense would be there and I'd be able to stay away from him. And, but I kind of had a bad game plan going in, too. I was trying to back up and be a counterfighter, and that's not me. I've, I needed to get in people's faces and go forward and push them around and beat them up, and that's not how I fought that fight. Yeah, and you rebounded with a
0: first-round guillotine choke. How good did it feel to get your arm raised again?
5: It was good. The guy, he's he kind of a journeyman. But it was okay. good. He has got a lot of wins. He, he was like 17-10 and 10 or something, they said, before the fight. So it was good. I knew he was a tough guy. I watched a couple of his fights. He fought RFA a couple times. So it was nice. Um, <clears throat> I heard him with my hands. He was kind of running. I mean, the fight was only about a minute and a half. The first exchange I hit him with and I kind of hurt him. So he was backing up. He hit me with a couple of leg kicks, but I think so. I cracked him with a overhand and then he did, you know, kind of a bad shot and I ended up getting that 10-finger on him.
0: There you go, man.
5: And yeah, just getting the win. It had been almost a year. Since my last fight, I fought April 15th, and the last time I fought you know, against Mercier was April 25th, so I was out for a long time. So, it sucked. It sucked being out. I was trying to look for fights, trying to look for fights, couldn't get nothing. And then, they finally said, you know, I finally was getting something back, so it was good.
0: You stayed patient, and now you're taking on Diego Lima for the Titan FC welterweight title. So, I mean, how excited are you for this matchup, and what do you think about Diego? Diego's tough. I mean, everyone
5: knows everyone knows about him. So it's good. I'm happy that, like I said, this is probably the you know highest profile fight that I could get. That's not in a major promotion like UFC, Bellator, or you know like Ben Askren and ONE FC or something like that. So it's basically the best best opportunity I could have right now. Um, you know, I just want to go out. Get another finish, and hopefully, UFC starts looking at me again. Yeah, Diego's one of these guys that he's technically good
0: everywhere, and you know, it's very hard to win a decision against this guy. But the way he has lost in the past is guys have to go out there and finish him. So, are you ready to go out there and finish Diego Lima?
5: Yeah, uh, watching the, watching the fights where he lost, you know, they go out and they get right in his face and they start kind of beating him up, and I feel like that's what I'm best at. So, I think that's gonna work out for me yeah
0: now obviously your nickname is the bulldog are you still uh endorsed by unique kennels
5: um i didn't end up getting sponsored by my last fight i had a lot of sponsors from back home it was in south dakota so i kind of ran with them but i mean i'm still good friends with skip we always talk about it we always talk about the dog i got from impeach Two and And I'm always tweeting at him and stuff. He's a good guy. I really like him. Yeah, me too. And how did uh, your love for
0: Bulldogs come about? Because, like, for me, you know, my my favorite dogs are German Shepherds. But I know your nickname's the Bulldog. I know you have a couple Bulldogs. So, I mean, talk about your affinity for those dogs.
5: Well, it actually, I was um, nicknamed Bulldog, like, before, I don't know, before I could even remember. Uh, Like, my dad said that I was just so fat. (laughs) <laughs> and when I'd crawl around, I'd just fall on my head. I couldn't even hold myself up because my head was so big. So he started calling me Bulldog even, you know, as a toddler, as a baby. And that's that's how the nickname came around. So I always knew I wanted one. We never really was able to get one. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they're expensive dogs. So we never was able to just go out and get, you know, a $1,000 dog or whatever. We had a lot of mutts. <laughs> and stuff, but then talking with Skip, I knew, you know, it'd be a good opportunity, and so for my fight up in Canada, that was whenever uh, he sponsored me, and had the walkout shirt and everything, and ended up getting pizza chew, and it's it's been great ever since, I mean, I love him, he's a little asshole sometimes, but <laughs> he's, a, he's my little asshole, No, he's
0: good, he's real sweet. Yeah, there you go, and that's hilarious about the story of how you got that nickname, man. That uh, That's really damn funny, dude. So, you're taking on Diego Lima, like we mentioned, and before we get out of here, any fight predictions?
5: Um, I think I'm saying that I'm going to hurt him in the second with punches and finish with a submission.
0: Okay, so you're predicting to be, I believe, the first man to submit Diego Lima.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think if we're sitting there in a grappling match. I'd just work him, but... After you hurt someone with punches, it's always easier. They don't really know what they're doing on the ground. I think that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, they always talk about how if you punch a black belt in the face, he turns into a brown belt and then a purple belt and so on and so forth. So I'm pretty damn sure that's what you're referring to. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, David, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now in Half the Battle. Just let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything you got coming up besides your number one contendership with Diego Lima.
5: Uh, yeah, hey, I'm really active on my Twitter. It's at Bulldog, B-U-L-L-D-A-W-G-U-F-C. Um, always posting stuff on my Instagram, Bulldog155. And for sure, follow me on my Facebook page, uh, David Bulldog Mashad, my athlete page. And, you know, just come check me out. Awesome. Well, David, thanks so much for the time and best of
0: luck against Diego. Yep, thank you. Have a good one. All right, man, you too. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special Titan FC edition of Half the Battle is Kurt Holobo. Kurt, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's my pleasure. So, I mean, you're taking on Luciano Dos Santos at Titan FC 39. You pumped to get back in the win column? Yeah, you
6: know, I'm extremely pumped, extremely excited. Uh, You know, it's been far too long since I had the hand raised, and, uh, you know, I'm on a mission. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely, man. And, I mean, you've had so many great fights in your career. Your your record isn't padded at all like some of these guys. I mean, you've been taking on guys like Desmond Green, Lloyd Witter, Steven Siler, Pat Healy. So, I mean, for you, what are your long-term goals? Are you trying to get back in the UFC or what?
6: You know, it'll be nice to get back in the UFC one day. You know, that's pretty much everybody's dream. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to shut the door on that. Uh, who knows? I mean, I can – i has got a lot of talent, and uh, and the 155 division and the 145 division. You know, whatever I decide in the future, you know, whether I'm going up or down, uh, you know, so it's a, a lot of good guys. So if I get some victories over some of these top guys, man, who knows where that's going to put me at?
0: So this fight against Luciano is at 155, right?
6: Yep, it's at 155.
0: So I mean, do you feel stronger there, not having to cut that weight? What's the difference for you fighting at 55 compared to featherweight?
6: You know, I think it is uh, a lot of the strength, you know. Uh, I think when I fight 45, it all depends, but, you know, it's just such a hard weight cut, man. And uh, nobody really realizes how hard it is, but it's a rough weight cut. I make it look easy because when I set my mind to do something, I'm going to do it, you know. So, but I just feel the strength difference is tremendous at 55. And a lot of people say, well, you're going to 55, so you're going to fight stronger people. Well, I'm going to be stronger myself, so, you know, I've never had a bad fight at 55, and uh, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out.
0: Well, this is a good stylistic matchup because, you know, oftentimes in the past, the guys that you have face to to, they, you know, kind of don't want to quote-unquote fight you per se. They want to stall the fight out. With Luciano, I think he's going to want to stand and bang with you. You know, word on on the street is that he's the striking coach for ATT. So, obviously, an MMA fight is an MMA fight. So, maybe if you hit him with a good left or a right, he might turn into a wrestler. But, on paper, it sounds like he's going to come out there and try to stand and bang with you.
6: You know, absolutely. I think he is. Uh you know, I think it's going to be a good stand-up fight. You know, it's, it's a fight that, it's a type of fight that I've wanted for a long time. You know, I've been fighting a lot of wrestlers, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, whenever I put my hands on them, they want to take me down. And, you know, like you said, some of them try to stall out, but uh, I don't think it's going to be the case in this fight. You know, I think you're going to see a lot of leather fly.
0: Now, let me ask you this. We'll get to the positive stuff in a bit, but I want to talk about a couple of your setbacks because it's not like you're getting blown out the water or anything, and it's not like your technique is bad because, I mean, your get-up game is really damn good. Your takedown defense isn't half bad. It's just like, you know, little moments where they're able to take you down and stuff like that. So, I mean, are you addressing specific things in the gym to help your get-up game and your takedown defense? You know,
6: definitely. Uh, You know, I'm always working wrestling. I'm always working to get back to my feet you know I you know I'm a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu so I'm comfortable off my back so it doesn't bother me being on my back but to me if I'm on my back I'm not winning you know and I learned that in the Pat Ely fight I was way too comfortable off my back and I kind of rode the fight out and not try to get up so much but uh you know I I work you know my all-around game every day in the gym so I feel every day I get better and better and uh you know, you never know. We, uh, you might see me shoot for a takedown.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, you mentioned the Pat Healy fight, and that was your first career defeat. And I talk about how it's important for every fighter to take that first L so they can come back, reassess, and evolve. And, I mean, how important was it for you to go up there against a serious vet of the game? I mean, this is a guy that finished Carlos Condit, finished Paul Daly. He's been in there with everyone. So, I mean, how invaluable of an experience was it for you to go 15 minutes with him?
6: Oh, it was a great experience. I, I like to say that's one of my favorite fights of all time, you know, stepping up in the strike force on Showtime, national TV, uh, and then giving Pat Healy a good fight, you know. And that's back. I was still young. I was young in the game. I think I was 9-0 and as a pro. Uh, you know, I fought tough people, but nobody on the level of Pat Healy. So, that you know, to me, that's when I turn pro. That's when I feel like I really turned pro, you know and uh after pat healy you know i took on some extremely tough guys and you know i've done really well and uh then again i've dropped some close decisions against some other guys and like you said i've never really been beat down that bad you know i always feel like i kind of beat myself in some of these fights so uh you know hopefully i make get these adjustments made to where you know i stop beating myself and i start picking up these victories
0: now, when you say you beat yourself, are you referring to mentally, or is it just little errors in the game, you know, in the fight, such as, uh, you know, letting a takedown happen at a certain
6: point? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's little errors, you know, like the, letting the takedowns happen. Uh, you know, against Desmond Green, I thought I did a good job. He didn't get many takedowns. I think he got maybe three or – yeah, I think three throughout all five rounds. Andre Harrison, he probably got about ten. You know, and it's just I didn't fight that fight the same. And, uh you know, once I make those adjustments and, you know, stop those takedowns at them critical times, you know, who knows what could happen in the Andre Harrison fight if I would just stop a few more, few of his takedowns.
0: Yeah, Andre Harrison's a very smothering dude. I hear he's one of the strongest 45ers in the game. Would you agree with that?
6: You know, I would. He was a pretty strong guy, but... uh you know, uh, for some reason, I want to say I think Desmond Green still felt stronger, but then again, you got Andre Harrison going out there and beat Desmond Green. So, you know, who knows? It might have just been, you know, at that moment.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Styles make fights. I, I would, I would say Desmond Green is more well-rounded than Andre Harrison, though.
6: Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I think Andre Harrison got a good stand-up game. It's just I don't know if he likes to show it, just because he's comfortable wrestling. Uh, and you know, I've actually I made. Mean, Good friends with Desmond Green. We went over to Russia together. Uh, you know, I'm good friends with Andre Harrison. We talk here and there. So nothing against the guys, but, you know, I think if uh, Andre Harrison would, you know, throw his hands a little bit more, you know, he might well get some finishes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Andre and Des, are both great fighters. And, you know, it's interesting. You took on uh, Lloyd Woodard, and, man, at the time... That was a scary individual. You know, he had some highlight reel finishes and, you know, he had a personality in the sport. You go out there and knock him out in 15 seconds. Now, in your mind before that fight, did you expect to finish him like that?
6: No, I didn't. You know, I've seen a lot of Lloyd Woodard's fights and nobody really realizes if you don't watch all of these promotions like Bellator and, you know, World Series. Some of these guys that are fighting these other promotions, man, are. Awesome fighters, and Lloyd Woodard was one of those. You know, he beat one of the Pit Bull brothers. Uh, you know, he gave a lot of good fights in Bellator, and he was one of those guys that wasn't going to stop until the final bell rung. So I was anticipating an, a, a total war with him.
0: Back to your fight with Luciano. You said, you know, you're expecting a stand-up fight, but don't be surprised if you shoot for a takedown because... This is an MMA fight, and you got to win at all costs, as you've learned in in your wins and even some of your tough losses. You know the guys that beat you. Like I said, it's not because they you know started teeing off on you and dropped you or anything like that. They they won on point. So now that you understand that, even though I believe you you've understood that all along, are you trying to apply that going forward?
6: Yeah, you know, it's like I've I've always wanted to mix my takedowns with my uh, with my stand up, you know, and that's how you get you know fighters to make mistakes and it's how you get openings. but uh yeah you know you never know you never know what's gonna happen yeah absolutely man so i mean what
0: what are your long-term goals in this sport i mean do you take it one fight at a time or do you you know is there a light at the end of the tunnel because i mean you said you're not riding off a ufc return but the way i look at it is you string a couple wins together and you're gonna get that call man
6: yeah you know it's all possible and uh you know the the, I, I'm far from seeing the uh, the end of this, you know. I just signed a new deal with Titan, uh, and I, I believe it's four fights, and you know I'm definitely going to fulfill those four fights uh, and just keep on going. You know, I, I like being I like being somebody, you know, not just an ordinary person. So I'm gonna keep fighting, man, and hopefully keep racking up some wins.
0: No, absolutely, man.
6: And uh
0: obviously your goal now, you know, besides Luciano, you don't want to look past him, but assuming you do get the victory, I, I'm guessing you'd like to challenge for that uh that lightweight title.
6: You know, uh it's crossed my mind. So I'm not gonna rule that out. Uh you know, hopefully I'm gonna get this victory over Luciano de Santos and then I'm gonna sit back and watch uh Pat Healy and Jay Z fight. And you never know. I, I'm sure I need an impressive impressive victory and impressive win to get that shot but uh you know that's what i plan on doing you know i plan on winning i plan on winning impressively
0: so we're we're gonna see and who you got between pat and jay-z because i mean that that's a fight between like i said earlier about pat total veteran of the game i mean how can you not love pat healy but then with jay-z at one point he was considered to be the number one lightweight on planet earth and
6: now they're fighting for the title so who you got bro yeah you know it's, it's an extremely great matchup uh Probably, I want to say, one of the best matchups the Titans ever put on. You know, you got two former top guys. Two guys have been fighting for years, man, that almost resurrected the sport and, you know, was fighting before the sport was as big as it is now. So, but being that, uh, you know, Pat Healy's my boy and I fought Pat Healy, I'm going to go with Pat Healy, man.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, Pat Healy's relentless, and if Jay-Z wants to win this fight – that cardio better be on point. Now we briefly talked about this off air before we started the interview, and you know I just want to give you a lot of credit for going to Russia to fight a guy like Frodo Hasbulayev because I mean you know that guy couldn't get a fight for a couple of years because no one wanted to fight that dude. I mean he was one of the scariest dudes around, and you know even though he he, he took you down and won on points, you still gave him a hell of a fight, man.
6: Yeah, it was a tough fight, and uh, and I knew it was going to be a tough fight. As Soon as they told me that I was fighting Frodo Hasbulayev. You know, I knew right then and there that, you know, I better bring my A game because I knew what kind of fight I was in for. And, uh, you know, I don't don't take nothing away from that guy. I still think it's a fight I could have won. I think that's one of the fights that, like I said, I beat myself in, just allowed way too many takedowns and didn't get off with my hands. So, you know, hats off to him. You know, he got the victory. But, uh, you know, he's a strong guy. You're right. He's freaking strong, man. I felt like I really couldn't get up. That's uh, another big reason why I'm going back to 55.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you you feel like, uh, obviously you just mentioned it, the strength difference. Now you think that your get-up game is going to translate better. Because like I said, it's not like your technique is off or anything like that. It just seemed like maybe you were getting
6: a little bit out-muscled. Yeah, I think I was definitely getting out-muscled because, you know, I like to say, you know, nobody can hold me down. It's just a way that I can move under people, you know i always feel like i can get back up and i i did i mean i even got back up a couple times but the dude was just so strong and uh you know such a veteran of the sport dude's been fighting for a long time also and it, i just felt like i was trapped and i really couldn't move man as soon as he got that body lock from behind and kept kicking my back leg and taking me down every time you know that was hard to fight off definitely man and i mean uh
0: what was it like hanging out in Russia? I mean, did they treat you well? Like, what, what was it like visiting a, a country like that?
6: You know, it was weird. I was definitely out of my element. It's the first time I've ever been out of the country. And uh, that's kind of the whole reason I even took the fight, because, you know, I want to travel the world. That, you know, that's to me, that's what being a fighter is all about, traveling the world, fighting guys from all over. And, and I was just looking forward to having a good experience. So, uh, you know, we walked around a little bit. I ain't going to say it was the best place in Russia that we could have gone but uh you know it was cool i enjoyed it i want to thank you
0: so much for taking the time to speak with me right here right now in half the battle let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug now's the time kurt uh you can
6: follow me on twitter at kurt halibow i'm also on facebook at kurt halibow uh instagram is kurt halibow so hit me up and follow and see
0: what i do every day Awesome, man, and uh, before we get out of here, you got a fight prediction for your fight at Titan FC 39 versus Luciano Dos Santos? You know,
6: I do. Th- I the last time I said I was going to catch a guy and I was going to catch him early, it was Lloyd Woodard. So, you know, I'm feeling that again. I think the way we're going to throw hands is going to be a lot of openings, and I think I'm going to catch him, And uh, except maybe at the end of the first round, maybe early second, I think I'm going to put him away.
0: Awesome. Well, Kurt, man, I appreciate the time. Keep grinding. Keep your head up, man. And uh, we expect big things from you, man. Just keep doing your thing.
6: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. To
0: take on such an experienced vet of the sport.
7: Oh, I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, Titan, they they uh, they asked me to join their promotion and the fight Karina, and I was nothing but excited about the situation. So, uh, you know, I know uh, Karina is a, a veteran this sport for sure no doubt um but i'm i'm really really stoked about
0: this so. yeah i mean if you look at the records on paper she is more experienced but it's not like you've been fighting slouches i mean you do have a win over jocelyn jones Lieberger, who is currently in the ufc so i mean i feel like you got pretty good experience going into this fight do you agree
7: yeah, yeah, you know, um, you you can see these fighters' records, and they can have a lot of fights. But when when you start digging into it, you know, sometimes you get these guys who they they uh, and and girls and they, they fight people who are like 0-5 or it's their debut or you know, um, you know, you know they have records like that. So uh, when it comes down to it, you can have all these fights, but uh, really, I mean, like where where's the competition in that? You have all these wins, but uh, you're competing against you know. Somebody who's had more losses than wins anyways you know what i mean so um i really don't look at it like that and what i mean <laughs> with that said i'm just it is what it is
0: well it sounds to me like you're trying to fight the toughest competition possible
7: I, i'm really trying to step up my game um it, it's been so long you know i started 2011 fighting and um you know my my Coaches, they're protecting me and doing this. And I'm looking for my best interest. But, um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm really stepping up my game. I, I moved all the way out to uh, Oklahoma to pursue my career and take this to another level. You know, is always been in my home, but uh, it, it's time to do, do hard things, do big things. And um, so I'm ready for it. Let's, let's go. Let's do this.
0: That's good to hear. Well, I mean, Sarah, you're only 24 years old. I mean, how'd you get into
7: this? Uh, you know, re- wrestling was my passion. I started out middle school and went through high school. I- I'd always been the underdog, so it was nothing but work, you know. Um, I-, I had a scholarship to OCU. I did that for a year. Um, it-, it wasn't for me at the time. Still a little baby. <laughs> Missing home and a bunch of struggles with that. So um, my goals fell short on my, my wrestling career, and um, and they kind of just, picked up the pieces, and I fell in love with it. And uh, I'm not giving up on it. I want to do the best I can until, you know, my the competition in my heart's done. So it's, uh, it's great. I love it.
0: So, Sarah, you said you wrestled in middle school and high school. Did you get to ever wrestle against guys in competition?
7: Uh, you know, at school at uh, Texas and uh, Hawaii, they have a UIL rule. So the girls have their own full team. So all over, you know, Texas and um, Hawaii, the – the girls who wrestle the girls um now in practice you know uh my the coaches would be like hey you know go with, go with the guys you know let's let's get some some more work in you know and uh and the guys they would definitely push the pace for us uh and take it to another level but uh mostly competition wise uh, the, the whole time it was girls
0: oh yeah and i'm gonna preface that question for my audience real quick because they might be like why would you ask a dumb question like that? But the reality is, you know, my buddy Adam Hunter, who uh, has the MMA Roasted podcast, you know, he coaches wrestling. And, uh, you know, there's some uh, chicks on his team that beat the dudes in competition, you know, because they're so good that they have to go up against the guys. But I think it's a completely different league or something like that.
7: Um, you know, I mean, it, the only difference is that the UIL rule. Uh, when you go out of state, you know, you start getting to Oklahoma and, and – uh, uh, places like that outside of Texas, the, the girls are on the guys' team. Um, California is very popular. They have to, you know, go go with the the guys that don't have their own girls' team and and stuff. So um, you know, you go anywhere else, it's it's different. Uh, when when I was in college, the all the girls they just knew wrestling guys really, and uh, I mean they they were good though. They're really good. It, it makes a difference.
0: So Sarah, you mentioned Texas and Hawaii. Uh huh like what what about those two places i mean did you grow up in one of them like t- tell me what the deal is
7: i i grew up in amarillo uh I was born and raised there um uh th- 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 those two places those are just like uio rules that for wrestling um oh. my my hometown's amarillo huh
0: got you okay yeah 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 i missed that all right that's what's up so i mean i
7: oh yeah and uh, i was just talking about this with uh my teammates, actually. Um, I really feel like wrestling is a great foundation to start in May on. I mean, the uh, mentality set that you have, you, you get through wrestling practice. It's, it's no joke, you know. Practices, wrestling practices are hard. They're right? they're really really good for you. And so when you switch over to M M A And you, yeah, that stuff you, you go in with that, never get up, give up a mentality, and you push forth. I mean, uh, so, re- wrestling was perfect for me to start with.
0: So Sarah, I mean, how did your family react? and your friends when you decided that, hey, I want to punch people in the face for a living?
7: Oh, oh gosh. Okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. So um, I, I had started uh, going to this gym, and, you know, my parents were like, oh, cool, yada, yada, yada. And then um, my my coach is like, "You want to fight. Let's, let's put you in a, a stand-up. Let's put you in a kickboxing match. This is just kickboxing where were like, in gear and things like that. And I went to tell my mom, and, oh, she, like, went crazy. I had to walk out of the house. She was following me out of the house. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you know, you, you don't mess with a, a mom. They're they're scary, you know." <laughs> so I had to leave and uh, drive around for a little bit. I had to still get ready for work, and so I had to come back and wait for her to leave before I could go back inside let her cool off. But um, so she she was didn't she wasn't happy at all to hear the, the news that I was going to uh, start fighting, and this was like for the very basics too. And then um, you know, uh, my my coat at the time, uh, Mike Lister, he he like, you know, talked to her about it and, and told her, like, you know, it's gonna be okay and then she saw it and uh from there I mean my parents have been nothing for but support for me. They they helped me out so so much, especially right now on um, you know, going going uh through this uh season that I'm going through. They've been nothing but help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean When you talk to people who have dreams and, you know, a lot of people tell them, you know, you're crazy for pursuing that. I mean, you're a good inspiration and role model because, you know, you saw things through the end. You're still pursuing your career. Do you have a message for people who, you know, they want to pursue something but, you know, people might be telling them, "Nah, you can never do that?
7: Oh, yes. That's that's the main uh, goal and um – and the strive, that for for my in my heart to to have is just to be an inspiration to you know to girls, to women, and to to even guys. You know, if you can fly, if you wanted to fly, you like you know you put your heart to it. And I think that if uh you, you have something that you want to do, go out and do it, and uh, don't give up, and do the hardest that, that you can, have no regrets with it, and um, just keep looking forward. You know, never look back on it. Uh, my one of my coaches, Coach uh, Joe Stafford, in, in high school, he told me he said, uh, "Sarah, you know, if you have that comparative spirit still in you, you, you fulfill it till till it's it's gone, till that tank's empty, and you you just keep moving forward." And I I will never forget that. I'll always uh, hold that in my heart and and uh, use that as my drive. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean that applies to your fights too because you have faced defeat in the past, and you know a lot of people they. Might have taken it the wrong way, but for you, you put your head down, and now you're on a two-fight win streak, getting a big opportunity at Titan FC.
7: Yeah, yeah. it's It's been such a blessing for me to have this opportunity. Uh, I mean, uh, I am I'm, i don't take a, a loss lightly, for sure. You know, uh, every loss I've had, it's still like, I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, that hurts, but um, I, I use it to... Uh, just to grow on and, you know, fix my mistakes. And I think that's that's the best I can do with it. You know, uh, give it all you got and keep pushing. Keep on going. Keep trekking
0: on. Well, speaking of trekking on, like we previously alluded to earlier on the show, you're taking on Karina Dam at Titan FC 39. Like we said, she's got more losses than you have total fights. I mean, she's 23 and 12. I mean, how do you feel about the fight? How's it going to go
7: down? I mean, I'm nothing but excited about the fight. Uh, I I took it uh, on short notice, but um, at the same time, I've been I've been training consistently, so uh, you know that that part doesn't really affect me. Um, I'm going against a, a veteran, um, and uh, I think it's it's going to be great. We're going to go to war. Um, I'm going to show her what I got. She's going to show me what, what she has, and um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, uh, I'm I i do not look at it. As anything but the good things are gonna happen so um, I'm I'm just really positive about it
0: well that's good to hear well Sarah I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here right now in half the battle let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug now's the time Sarah
7: oh yeah that'd be great um uh, please follow me I, I got a Twitter and Instagram uh, be Two-Speed Albar, uh, go like my fan page. That'd be great. i love the support. Um, if, if you guys, like, have any questions, we're going to talk, you know, um, don't, don't get creepy, but, you know, <laughs> like, uh, give, give me a or something like that. I'd be happy to, to know y'all. Um, big, big shout-out to R1 MMA. Uh, we got a bunch of guys, uh, fighting soon. Um, so, uh... Please go and, and uh, follow them as well. Uh, we have a great team, and we're looking to have a, you know nothing but but good things come out of us. So
0: awesome! Well, Sarah, best of luck against Karina at Titan FC 39.
7: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Anytime. We'll do it again soon. You have a great day, Sarah.
7: You too. Bye bye.
0: Bye. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special Titan FC edition of Half the Battle is Lazar Stojadinovich. Lazar, welcome to Half the Battle, man. How's it going, man? It's going amazing. Now, real quick, I got to make sure I pronounce your last name correctly because I know tons of dudes are butchering that last name. I think I got it right, right? Yeah, you got it good, man. There we go. There we go. We're off to a good start, man. So you're taking on Chino Duran at Titan FC. You pumped for this fight? (laughs) <laughs>
8: um, yeah, I'm pumped, man, but this was like the, the fourth time that we were supposed to fight already, so I'm kind of kind of hoping that it actually goes through this time. Okay. I'm a little, a little exhausted exhausted of hearing his name, actually.
0: Oh, yeah? Uh, did he pull out? Did you pull out? Like, what happened? How come it hasn't happened yet?
8: Yeah, he, yeah
0: he's pulled out several times, so, I mean, I hope he
8: shows this time, and, and I, I know he's... He's a tough guy, and he's had his reasons
0: to pull out. But I'm—I I hope he actually shows up this time. You got something for Chino? I mean, you—you uh, you expecting to knock him out or submit him if he does show up? <laughs> I'm expecting to knock him out, man. But um, you know, I don't—I I don't look for a
8: particular thing in the fight. I just let it flow. So, I mean, most—most most of my fights, I usually drop people and knock them out. So. I'm definitely looking for a knockout, but whatever comes that day, you know, it's, it, I let it flow. So I, I don't
0: force anything to, for, to happen. No, absolutely, man. And I got to talk about your career because, I mean, you took tough fights right off the bat. I mean, you fought Pat Curran, you know, w- without even having six or seven pro fights. You just take on guys like that. But now you're on a six-fight win streak. You really found your consistency. So what's been the difference, man?
8: Well, really, the difference is, is uh, when I started my career, I started out in a with a boxing background and no MMA, and uh, I was taking on tough fights like that, and I really didn't have the experience in MMA or any of the wrestling or grappling background. So, I, I made the move down from from or, originally I'm from New York, but I lived in Chicago when I started my. MMA career, and I moved down to Miami from Chicago, started training an American top team, and that's really what what has made the difference, and also working with my uh, original boxing coach as well, so, I mean, just putting everything together, you know, and picking up, I I was lucky enough to to have had those losses early in my career, when I was super young, that it didn't hurt me too much, that I was still evolving, you know, I I still
0: had the, the youth to evolve as an MMA fighter. So that, that's really what the difference was. But now, I mean, you've got some serious consistency. You're on a six-fight streak. And, I mean, you must be pretty damn confident heading into this bout with Chino at Titan FC, huh? Oh,
8: man, I, I, I'm i really pumped. I mean, Titan does does one of the best shows. You know, I mean, it's not the best under the UFC. Um, And, yeah, I'm excited to be on this card, man. It's, it's going to be an awesome night. I have... Uh, six of my teammates fighting on the same card, so it's going to be an exciting night. You
0: said you train at ATT? Yeah,
8: American Top Team, Coconut Creek. That's, right. my, uh, that's my main academy, and then I also train with my boxing coach at Fifth Street Gym that uh, I originally started training with from the beginning, so, I mean, just the two, just having the best in both worlds, you know, it just really makes a difference.
0: No, absolutely, man, and you know, you actually do have a knockout win over Jordan Parsons. Now, it's unfortunate because he actually passed recently. So, you know, it kind of sucks in that respect. But, dude, I mean, he was a really damn good fighter. And, uh, you know, you were the first guy to hand him his first ever defeat. Yeah, man, it's it's
8: really a shame what happened. He had a bright bright future. He was doing good with it, and it's
7: a shame what happened.
8: But, yeah, man, uh, anybody who stands there with me and tries to, to trade is gonna, is gonna get put to sleep. No matter who you are, you know, and, and that's something that comes with my background. You know, I, I've been boxing when I was five years old. So, I mean, if, if somebody's gonna try to stand with me, it's a big mistake. But as well as you can see on my record, you know, I have just as many submissions as, as knockouts. So, if you go to the ground with me, you're gonna get it too. So, it, it really doesn't matter to me. I mean. Whoever you are, I mean, I try with the best in the world. Whoever you are, you're you're gonna you're making a big mistake no matter where you go with me. So I, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in my all around
0: game. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh I spoke to Chino. It sounds to me like he wants to stand and bang with you. <laughs> Everybody says that
8: until they eat the first chat. I mean, if he does, I'll find it funny. But and you. That night will end funny. I I know that for him. I mean, if, if he does it, great. If not, then I'll, I'll be more than happy to slap on a triangle or a choke if he tries to take it to the ground. But like I said, I'm not looking for anything in particular. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go there and say, yeah, I'm going to stand there and bang with him. You know what? Actually, just for just for the humor, I'm gonna. Uh, Go
0: in there and double leg the crap out of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. And you know, it's funny because you mentioned how you have that past boxing background, but you know, looking at your record, man, you've never been knocked out in a fight. Have you ever been dropped before? No, no man. Uh, it, like I've always said that being knocked out or
8: being dropped is a, is a mental thing, and it's followed me all through my career. I've never been dropped, I've never been knocked out in training or anything in my, you know, 20 years of fighting, I've never been dropped and never been knocked out. So, I think it's all mental, and and it shows with my career, never being uh, stopped and never been knocked out. Even in my boxing matches, I, I have professional boxing matches. I have over 150 amateur fights. I've never been stopped. So, um, uh, yeah, I, like I said, when when you want to trade with me in that pocket. I'm more than welcome to do it because you can't stop me. You know, you can't knock me out. You can't. There's no stopping me, so. Dude. Great. If he wants to sit there and bang,
0: great. Hey, you said something really interesting. You said getting knocked down and getting a getting knocked out excuse me and getting dropped is a mental thing so are you basically saying that you know when dudes get kind of tired you know they start thinking mentally like hey maybe i should take a knee is that what you're referring to well no what i'm saying is like when
8: things aren't going a certain way for somebody in a fight i mean you've seen it plenty of times in one fight a guy, the same guy could take a punch and then his next fight gets dropped by a jab you've seen it plenty of times in UFC or in just boxing matches or whatever. However, how is it that one night he was able to take, you know, several power punches and then the next night he wasn't able to, you know, take the same amount of punches? And what I've came up with is that it's when things aren't going exactly as planned, people start questioning their abilities and start questioning themselves in the middle of the fight. And as soon as you start questioning yourself, that's it. You get hit, you're gonna get knocked out. You're gonna get dropped. You're, you're not in the fight. You're basically mentally not there. And that's something that never goes away with me. I mean, even if I'm down on all two rounds, I still think I can knock you out or submit you within the next round. So there's never a quit in in, in, in my mind or my mentality second guessing myself. So that's what, that's, that's what I mean about
0: Okay. Yeah, and I agree with the mental side of things, but I also think, and tell me what you think about this, that for some guys, It's just a a a deterioration of the chin. For example, a guy like Chuck Liddell, you remember in his prime, you know, you could head kick this guy right on the chin and he'll smile at you in your face and then throw a big overhand right. But then towards the end of his career, you know, he he gets knocked out cold by guys like Rich Franklin who are never known for their knockout power. So I think it goes both ways, man. It's the mental thing that you were talking about, but then also the chin can deteriorate. It doesn't get any better.
8: Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but... Here's the thing: is after you get to put to sleep several times or two, three times, you're not as confident on your as you were about your chin. So that confidence drops. So you're constantly worried about getting hit, which triggers that mental mentality to be able to take a punch.
2: Okay. Well, yeah.
8: I mean, there is there is obviously some medical. You know, after a certain amount of times you've been put to sleep, your brain is pretty much damaged, and yeah, that that causes you to get put to sleep easier, of course, yeah. But I think it's a little bit, I, I think it's a little bit of both mixed in there, you know.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you definitely bring some really good points to the table. I mean, obviously you're the fighter here. I'm the guy that watches fights. I mean, I have trained martial arts too for a very long time, but stepping in the cage is a completely different animal. So I 100% respect your opinion. And man, I need a I need a prediction here. Assuming that, you know, Chino shows up, which he sounded to me like he's very hungry for this fight. How do you see this fight going down, man?
8: Prediction, man. I I I love I love knockouts. So I'm gonna predict a knockout. Or, I mean, like I said, I'm not looking for anything in particular, but I love knockouts. So, most likely a knockout.
0: Awesome, man. Well, the fans love knockouts. Uh, I'm sure Titan FC loves knockouts. And, uh, dude, we're this, st- this, this is definitely not not passing the first round. I can tell you that
8: for sure,
2: though. There it's, we. That,
8: it's not gonna go past the first round. That's that's something I can give you more realistic because I don't really. Go into the cage. I mean, every time I fight, it, I figure out what I'm gonna win with on the night of the fight. I figure out what feels the best to me. But months out, I really keep my mind clear. I don't try to force anything. I stay, I stay, I stay uh, open-minded to anything. So, I mean, on that night, if you ask me, I'll probably know. But I definitely know that's not going to happen first round.
0: There you go, man. Well, we're stoked to watch you on UFC Fight Pass at Titan FC 39. Now, real quick, before we get out of here, what's your background, man? I mean, because you have a very interesting name. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Serbian and Dominican. Wow, Serbian and Dominican. What a combo, man. Yeah, man. yeah I know, man. It's, it's pretty.
8: It's, and if you see me, you would think, oh, he's Spanish for sure. But then you hear my last name and you're like, oh, man, what's
7: This is weird. What is she? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Lazar, it's been
0: a pleasure, man. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Just let the audience know where they can follow you on social media. And anything else you got coming up, let us know, man. Yeah, Pitbull322, Facebook, Pitbull322 at Instagram and Twitter as well. Pitbull322? Yes. All right. About to follow you right now, my man. Thank you. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Chino Duran. Chino, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Hey, how
9: you guys doing? Thanks for having
0: me. Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. So, I mean, you're fighting at Titan FC 39. You're taking on Lazar. He's a tough guy, too. How do you feel about the matchup?
9: Man, uh, honestly, I'm the one that asked for the matchup because that's all I've been fighting ever since my career started. Yeah, it, I got an 8 and 8 record. You go through that record and you see a name of who's who in MMA from Johnny Bedford from Cleveland, Ohio to a Pablo Alfonso from Miami, Florida. So I've been in there with the very best and I know that I'm getting a little older now. So I want to make sure and I want to I want to make sure by the end of my career I, I fight everybody who I was supposed to fight. Uh the, the the he's a tough kid We were supposed to fight at HOF. I got injured and uh with all due respect, you know, he's he's a, he's a tough guy. But I'm tougher, and there's nobody who's going to set me up. at like, This is my moment. You know? Just like Dwayne Wade is doing it big at 34, I'm going to do it even bigger.
0: Yo, much you respect to you, Chino, because like, a lot of guys, you know, they pad their records, they take those easy fights, but for you, you wanted all the tough fights up front. Uh, well, I didn't want them, to be honest with you. I, I, I didn't understand
9: the sport as far as the entertainment uh, you know, aspect of, of, of the actual MMA industry. When I first started, I started in 2006, 2005, right after college wrestling. Um, I had, my college teammate was Clay Rita, You know, Clay French over at East Illinois University was my coach. Matt Hughes was out there. So I, I saw all those guys being successful. Chase Beebe, as a matter of fact, is my uh, teammate at East Illinois University on the wrestling team. And I saw those guys being successful. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let me give this a try. I'm a good wrestler. Let me just jump in, this bad boy. I came back home. I felt like, you know, I needed to do something. I didn't accomplish what I wanted to at, a, at the Division One level. So I came back, and I was like, all right, let me try this fighting stuff. I got knocked out. I think my first couple fights, I was 0-2, and finally, you know, I went to, over to Cleveland, Ohio, got my first win against a tough, tough Johnny Bedford, you know? But, I mean, I just didn't know. I, I didn't have a manager. I didn't have a team. I was just like, okay, let me just try this and call different organizations and you know, nowadays, you can't do that. You know, even at the highest levels, you, you don't see a lot of undefeated guys, you know. They're constantly fighting the top guys. But, you know, despite all those setbacks that I have and not knowing anybody you know, not knowing hardly anything else but wrestling and a little bit of boxing, I was able to come out with an even record against most guys who were, like, in the Bellator, UFC World Series of Fighting that were ranked at one point, you know. So I think I'm doing all right now that I'm with Rufus Sport and – you know, I follow their curriculum and stuff like that, and I, I haven't met those guys yet, but we're online, we're talking. They're sending me emails back and forth. Duke Rufus is, is the man, as you know. So you know, I, I'm, I think I'm, I have, you know, I have my own school now, so it's it's all coming together for me now. And now I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. I coach wrestling. That's one of the powerhouses, one of the powerhouses in the country at Southgate High School. You know, so I, you know, I think that keeps me young as well. You know, so I, just, it, it just comes down to not knowing and now that i'm older but i'm not that old so i'm putting it all together now you know what i'm saying
0: yeah absolutely I, man. Uh, go ahead
9: i hope i didn't lose you th- through all that <laughs> No, <laughs> I-, I
0: hope i got my point across No, actually, Chino, you just gave me so much to work with, dude. We got a lot to talk about because you touched on so much. Well, firstly, I mean, so you start your career off 0-2. Now, a lot of guys would have quit the sport. They would have looked for something else to do. But you put your head down. You grinded. You got a couple of victories under your belt. I mean, what was your mindset like to be like, hey, I got to see this through to the end?
9: You know what? It comes down to your pride, man. You know, I'm Mexican at heart. You know, I'm Mexican overall. I was born in Mexico, even though I was raised here in in the U.S., you know what I'm saying, and, you know, I have, the, I have uh, my oldest brother, we're out, I'm one of 16 kids, you know, Damn, 15, son. I'm sorry, one of 15, I, and, you know, from getting bullied on by, by the rest of your brothers, and, almost, you know, uh, you know, you learn to be tough, you know, and then coming from that Mexican tough boxing background, you know, that's even, that's going to get you even more tougher, you know, it's going to be like Darwin, it's survival of the fittest, you know, so, you know, I knew that. Uh, I couldn't just go 0-2 like that. That pride that, that that was instilled to me by my parents and hard work and by the rest of my siblings being boxers and, and just overall tough guys, you know. I, I, I knew that, that I couldn't just go out on sport like that. I had to at least get one win. But after I got that one win, it was all, you know, I'm addicted, you know. So I, And and then, you know, I like being in the spotlight. I like people saying, hey, you know, I like got fighter, you know what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, for most wrestlers, we don't get that type of attention during our wrestling years. To, to have people come around and, and pay to see you and be treated like a professional athlete, you know, that, that's like a a wish to come true on its own, you know. So that's that's where it all took off for me, you know.
0: Absolutely, man. And what kinds of things, in your opinion, do you have to do to get a little bit more consistency in there?
9: You said it yourself. Be consistent. Uh, my
0: last couple fights, my last three fights, as a
9: matter of fact, I was calling. Uh, I remember my last fight over in uh, Jacksonville, uh, Musin Corbre, tough, tough, tough vet. He's fought the who's who, you know. He's got uh, a lot in common with me as well, you know. Almost beating Nick Diaz on Strikeforce, you know. And I know a lot of like high level guys. I've been there with, you know. We started off at the same time, and you know, hey, Musin, can that's Musin, can you coach me at my next fight? It's over Jacksonville. You know what I mean? And then, hey, Shababonis, can you coach me at this event? I'm fighting, yeah, yeah, brother. You know what I mean? Because we've all trained. And like I said, real, recognize real, you know. So it was just it just be, get, having a team consistently. And now that I'm in charge, and now that I get to run my own camps, and now that I have uh, a, a, an actual person that I can call a coach, like Duke Rufus, you know, or Alan Belcher for advisement on how to train and how to do it right and stuff like that, the athletic parts and the people around you, you know, that's the easy part. I'm surrounded by so many high level wrestlers that all it takes is a little bit of, you know, uh, you know, striking there and high level jujitsu guys as well, you know, uh, helping me out. You know, whenever I go, I go to, uh, to, uh, Enrico Coco's gym, who's under Cyborg Abru. Uh, I go over to sometimes, um, Ruben Alvarez's gym. He comes over to me. So I got that, I got that formula. I got the, the, um, I don't know how you can say it, I got the high level guys there ready to help, what I needed was my own team, my own facility m- my own direction as a matter of fact and like you said, being more consistent and now I think that that's what I have altogether the consistency of it you know?
0: Awesome man, so you said you're yeah. talking to Duke Rufus, uh, w- do you plan on going to that gym and training?
9: Yes, yes definitely, definitely, I- I'm, I'm going to leave soon, I'm going to leave next week I'll be up there next week to get some training two weeks before i uh, before i go uh into the site so i'm a school teacher so i was letting the gear wind down a little bit so i'll be out there next week by next monday i'll be out there in wisconsin milwaukee so, so no, i'll be out there by next week so.
0: okay so you'll probably be sparring with guys like emmanuel sanchez and uh Pettis and guys like that
9: yeah they're awesome man those guys man all day all of them we like each other stuff on social media we talk here we now and then and you know, I can't make. The, I can't wait to to meet those guys in person. You know what I mean? Emmanuel Sanchez is another, you know, tough Mexican American. That you know, that that's that's paving the way for a lot of those, you
1: know fighters. So
9: I'm excited to meet him as well. We have a lot in common as well, man. So I'm I'm excited to go and get some high high level stuff up there. So to get ready for this fight, because this guy, like you said, man, he's a tough uh, young dude. You know, I think he's younger than me. Not that young, but he's younger than me. So you know, I got to be ready for that American top team. You know. So it's like another Robbie Lawler versus Tyrone Whitley. Tyrone Whitley's going to be up there as well, because obviously he's not training with American Top Team for his title shot. So I hope to meet him as well. I'm a big fan of, uh, of Tyrone as well. We wrestled at the same time, as a matter of fact. He was at Missouri, and I was at East Illinois University. So I'm, 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 I've am I'm, i always been around, you know, following his career around the same area. I wrestled in Illinois, he wrestled in Missouri. So, you know, I'm excited about just going up there and getting, you know, some high-level training man, for the first time. Well, not the first time, you know, but, you know, uh, uh, a consistent camp for at least a week or two, you know.
0: There you go, man. And make sure you say what's up to my boy uh, Mike Biggie Rhodes for me.
9: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Biggie Rhodes is a wrestler, too, man. Good, good, good guy as well. You know, me keeping up with him, too, you know. So uh, I heard a lot of good things about him. So I'll make sure and and talk to him as well.
0: Yeah, he's the man. And speaking of T-Wood, you know, he's challenging for the title in my hometown, Atlanta, Georgia, so I will be in attendance. If you're in attendance, definitely say what's up. But, dude, I'm looking at your record on Tapology, and it says that, you know, you've had nine bouts canceled. Is there any truth to that?
3: Yeah,
9: there's been a lot of nine. Yes, a lot. If it wasn't on my part, it was on somebody else's. For example, in the summer, I was supposed to head up to New Jersey, and then... uh, they uh, they called me up, like, the day I was supposed to get on the airport, and, hey, this guy's got a staffing section, um, uh, he's not going to be able to make it that same week, you know what I mean? So, uh, it's understandable, you know what I mean? Things happen, but yeah, there's truth, I've had a lot of, a lot of setbacks in my career, because I'm, it was either because of me, or dealing with bad promotions, you know? But at the end of the day, you know, I'm still here, I'm still grinding, and... I'm looking to get forward past that. As a matter of fact, I'm the one that canceled my last fight with Azar. Like I said, I I got injured like a week or two before the fight, and I didn't want to cancel. But you know, when you get in your thirties, your injuries don't go away as as fast as they used to. So I waited for the last minute to try to make to try to make my injuries feel better, and it, it just didn't happen. So I, it was better for me. I was, you know what. I'm. Uh, I went into my last fight with stitches on my, um, on my uh, eyebrow. Uh, so I was like, okay, either take the fight injured and, and, and make an excuse of it, or just not take the fight. You know, lick my wounds and, you know, don't no matter what ego. You know, suck up your ego and just fight this dude when you're when you're healthy. You know. So I've learned a lot. You know. This time around, it wasn't because uh, of back consistency. It was just because of the injury. But, you know, like I said, I just didn't know back then when to pull out of a fight. But now it's different. I mean, I'm not just going in there to, 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 you don't play. Last time I went in there, um, it caused me because I already had stitches. So all Andrew Whitney had to do was touch my eye and it started bleeding. So it looked like I lost the fight. You can YouTube that fight. I thought I won that fight. He was backing up the whole time, and uh, I was going for it. You know what I mean? Uh, I got taken down in the last minute, and, and that's it. Like, in the last minute of the fight. Or, and then when I was on bottom, he didn't do anything. I mean, it's all there against Andrew Whitney, and that dude is like 14-3 and three or something like that. And he was supposed to be the big, mixed big thing, but he just ran the whole fight. But it, just, it looked like he did more damage because I already had stitches in and I have like medical records and pictures to prove it, you know, they gave him the, the split decision, you know. So I, I, I've learned to pick my battles, you No, know, regardless of what anybody says because at the end of the day, nobody pays my bills. At the end of the day, nobody goes in there and, and fights but myself. So, yes, that, that's true, you know. so But now it's on, you know. So two weeks from now, we can, we can settle that in the cage, and I'll be ready for that 100%. I'm as healthy and i'm uh i recovered from my injury i'm training smarter now and i'm ready to go man i'm i'm excited to be on ufc fight pass you know so i'm just pumped man i'm just pumped to to to, to get this opportunity to really perform and i'll be there trust me i'll be there <laughs> so don't worry about that
0: that's what's up man and yeah you know as a fan of the sport it kind of sucks that the judges uh you know, we'll favor a takedown at the last minute with zero damage on. As a betting man, I understand shit like that. But as a fan, I'm like, man, come on. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah. with that being said, dude, all things happen for a reason. Now you're signed with Titan. Now you're fighting on UFC Fight Pass. Exactly. You got to be stoked exactly. about that, bro.
9: Yeah, exactly. Yes, I am, man. I'm excited. I'm like, man, I fought nothing but tough dudes, man. If anybody deserves it, man. It's me, Daniel. You can look up and down my record. I don't know if you're on there already. Oh yeah. You got uh, Yoslando Escalero. You got uh, 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 you got Johnny Bedford. You got Gilbert Burgos from Gracie Tampa. You got uh, who else? Johnny. Um, I said Johnny. You got Pablo Alfonso, which I beat, which beat Patrick Williams, which Patrick Williams is in the UFC. He just broke a record. Patrick Williams trains with me. You know what I'm saying? So it goes off for a right circle. I beat Horacio Rodriguez, which beat the guy who beat Jim Eilers. And Jim Eilers is in the UFC, one and one. So come on, man. You know, this is the opportunity that I've been yearning for. You know, I'm not making this stuff up. You can go in there and look at it yourself. Oh, you yeah. Know? Absolutely. If anybody deserves this opportunity, it's me, you know. So, you know. And is a tough guy, too, man. He deserves it. Why not? You know, if he can do it at HOF, let's do it on uh, on Titan, which is the bigger no a UFC fight pass and there you go he beats me he probably gets a fight at 11-5 and I wouldn't protest that but he's not gonna beat me so sorry to spoil it for you Lazar there you go
0: <laughs> well yeah and go I ahead. mean looking at your record not only have you fought you know legit dudes but even some of your cancelled bouts I mean you were supposed to fight Matt Schnell like uh you know your record's not padded off at all but dude I gotta know real quick no. what are your opinions on your opponent Lazar
9: he's a tough dude and a tough cookie he wants to fight man you know it yeah, I don't know about Lazar, I, but, you know, we spoke on the phone. And I, I, like a man, and I manned up, and I called him, and I said, because they were worried about me canceling the fight again. And I was like, hey, look, man, I'll give you the five-pound allowance. I pulled a corner on him. Hey, look, I'll give you the five-pound allowance. We'll go at 145. I usually fight at 135. He usually writes at 145. We were supposed to fight at 140. I said, hey, look, Lazar, let's do it, man. Let's make it happen. 145, I apologize for canceling. I just had that done to me in, uh, in the summer. And I know it's not cheap. You know, real recognized, real. This sport is not cheap until you, you make it to the UFC or, or some good promotion that's going to pay your bills off. And not even then. You know, people do it for, because they love it, man. If, this, if, if I had to pay to do this, I would still pay to do that sometimes. That's just in, in the fighter's nature. You know what I mean? But, at the end of the day, I know this stuff is expensive, to put a training camp together consistently. And he even said, hey, look, I respect you enough to train hard, and it cost me money, so if I do decide to do this, please show up and be ready to go to war. And obviously, here we are, I accept it, like man to man, and I said, you know what, Lazar, you're right, you're completely right, I respect you, you respect me, but on Titan FC, let's do it, UFC Fight Pass, let's get it on, let's give it a, you know, let's, let's dance, buddy. That's all we have to say, let's do it.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's all you got to say my man I'm pumped for this fight Chino yeah. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here right now on half the battle let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you got coming up aside from your fight with Lazar at Titan FC on UFC Fight Pass
9: I have, uh, I have uh, a lot of projects coming up I have the grand opening of Rufus Sport down here in Homestead Florida so we're pumped about that after this camp I'm going to work on that so everybody come down and visit me uh Probably have a lot of guys from up there come down to, 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 to teach some seminars. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at ChinoD10. Also on Twitter at ChinoD10 and on Facebook, Chino Duran. Snapchat on there, Chino-Duran. So follow me through all my social media uh, uh, networks. I haven't been very active, but I will. I'm just busy with the grand opening busy with my training camp. But after June 10th, after I win this fight on Titan FC and, you know, give me another two, three fights, and I'll be in there with the big boys. I, I, I've already been in there with the big boys, and Titans at, FC is, is, is right up there with the rest of the bigger companies in the world. So uh, I have nothing to prove, but I still want to go out there and make a statement that I am one of the best bantamweights in the country and in the world. I really, truly, truly believe that, and, uh, you know, I'm going to prove this in two weeks. So I'm ready to go, and I hope to see you guys all there.
0: There you go, man. Well, best of luck in your fight, dude, and we'll be speaking again soon. All right. You got it, Daniel. Call me up
9: for for my uh, post uh, win fight interview, you know. Anyway, we'll we'll bring you down to come down to Rufus Sport to celebrate together.
0: Hell all yeah, right? man! That sounds like a plan, brother. <laughs> all right, Daniel. Have a good one, brother. Appreciate the time and the love, man. Any guy, anytime, Chino. Peace out, man. Joining me on this very special Titan FC edition of Half the Battle is Abdiel Velasquez. Abdiel. Welcome to Half the Battle, man. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing amazing, dude. So, hey, you're fighting at Titan FC. You're taking on Alexis Villa. I mean, this is a guy that's 45 years old. You're 22 years old. But, I mean, you can never underestimate a guy like that because, you know, he competed in the Olympics. Back in his day, he beat Joe Warren. He beat Marcos Galvo. How do you feel about this matchup?
10: I feel good in this this fight. You know, um, I know, um, I you know, I totally respect... Uh, Alex, Alexis Vila, you know, he's been in the game for a while. It's, you know, now, you know, it's past his prime, so, you know, I'm an upcoming fighter. Me, you know, I know I have a confidence to beat him. Um, you know, I just won my last fight not too long ago, so, I, you know, I'm ready to come to get back into this fight and, you know, win again.
0: Yeah, man, and I mean, he's coming off a serious layoff. Not only is he a little bit older, but he hasn't fought in a long, long time. You think uh, you're going to put the pressure on him early and make him feel that ring rust?
10: Oh yeah. Oh no. I'm definitely putting that pressure on him. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't fought in a long time, in a long while. So, you know, I know he's gonna have that little ring rust. So I'm, I'm ready to take advantage of it, and you know, step in there and kind finish him off quick.
0: Yeah. What's uh, What's your background? I mean, your name is Velasquez. But where's your family from? Uh, my family's um pretty much from Puerto Rico.
10: I uh, uh, did okay. some boxing, and when I was while I was little, you know, my, I'm pretty much in a boxing family.
0: So it's Puerto Rico versus Cuba here and you know it's interesting about these Cubans, man. Like uh they can be in their 40s but they still look ripped and shredded out of their minds. Like they got serious uh genes over there. You know, you look at a guy like Yoel Romero, you look at a guy like Hector Lombard and now you look at your opponent Alexis Vila. You know, he's 45 years old, but he's going to be looking shredded up there.
10: Oh yeah, I know. I I'm definitely look I'm definitely ready for him. I know he's going to bring in bring the pressure. Um You know, he has a lot of heart, and I can tell, you know, like I do, I have a heart too, so it's pretty much going to be the battle of the heart, you know, whoever got the best will win.
0: When did you start fighting, man? Like, how did you get into this? Because you're only 22 years old, and you already got a very nice pro record.
10: Yeah, um, pretty much I started, uh, pretty much right after I graduated. I started when I was 18, I uh, started after Tampa, Florida, and I pretty much did it for like five years now. I, I did wrestling when I was uh, uh three years of wrestling in high school, and I did a, a year of boxing while I was in high school.
0: Yeah, and uh, how long until you think you're ready for the big show, man? Because this is a big step up in competition, name-wise.
10: Um, you know, for the big show, you know, it's whenever, you know, I get a call. You know, uh, you know whenever I get a call and see what happens from there, you know, anything could happen, you know, I'm ready for this. You know, I've been waiting for this for a long time. It's just... You know, when the time comes, you know, I'm, I'm patiently waiting. I've been waiting for five years, you know, it doesn't matter how I am. I'm just going to keep winning and see what goes on.
0: Absolutely. And who are some fighters that you looked up to when you were first getting into this?
10: Uh, the first, you know, um, fighters I was looking up to was uh, GSP, George St. Pierre's, uh, uh, C- Carlos Condit, um, Diego Sanchez, you know, all those top fighters that, you know, that in the past, you know, BJ Penn and so... Those are really guys that inspired me and get me to, you know, get me to where I'm at. So, you know, I, I follow them. I looked at their, you know, training. So, and, you know, I try to be where they are and try to, you know, compete you know at the top level.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you're a finisher in every sense of the word. Every single win you've had is inside the distance. I mean, do you pride yourself on that?
10: Um, you know, I try to. I try to, you know, keep the, pay, you know, put the pressure and, you know, keep it going. You know, I know I have the best stand-up. I, have, I know I have the best stand-up in, the, in my flyweight division, and I have confidence on that, and I know I have strong hands. I really have heavy hands, so I know I can finish people off and, you know, and see what happens, you know?
0: No, absolutely, but, I mean, you've knocked people out stiff, but you've also tapped people out with rear naked chokes. So, I mean, what do you like to do the best in there?
10: Um, you know, it's pretty much it's there for me. Um, every time I knock, every time I I knock people down, it's just pretty much I I take their back and you know whatever get whatever they give me I take it. You know I I, I ground and pound and I also do submission. I try not to do one one sided thing. I try to do multiple stuff.
0: Yeah, so I mean you're taking on Alexis Vila at Titan FC. How do you see this fight going down? Um, I'm I'm pre- I'm mostly want
10: to you know a knockout with TKO. You know, that's pretty much what I'm mostly wanting. Uh, but whatever whatever goes, you know, gives it, whatever he gives me, I'll take it, you know. I know it's going to be a battle on the ground because I know he'll, he'll like it. He'll like digging it to the ground. So if it goes to the ground, i try to finish him off on the ground.
0: There you go, man. Well, Abdiel, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Let the audience know where to follow you on social media. And anything else you want to plug, go ahead.
10: Uh, Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Abdiel dot Velasquez dot uh, MMA. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter on uh, velasquez uh, 93 and uh, uh, also on Facebook at Abdiel Velasquez MMA. All
0: right, Abdiel, you have a great night, man. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special Titan FC edition of Half the Battle is Kenny Goudreau. Kenny, welcome to Half the Battle, man.
2: Hey, thanks, Daniel. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. So, I mean, dude, you're taking on Micah Miller at Titan FC 39 on UFC Fight Pass. How stoked are you for this fight?
2: Hey, man, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. I, I couldn't be more excited.
0: Yeah, I mean, what do you think about Micah Miller? Because, listen, he he's got more fights than you. He's more experienced than you. He's got a name in this sport. This is a big opportunity for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, some might see it that way. You know, I've got a lot of fights too under my belt. They're not, you know, on the same level, pro. You know, all that. He's got a, he's got a very high pro record. Um, but from what I hear, we're we're very similar fighting styles. So this should be a, should be a good fight. You know, make an exciting one for the fans.
0: On a separate subject, real quick, I'm looking at your record on Tapology. You were you were supposed to fight Paul Felder at one point, huh?
2: Yeah, I think that was uh, gonna be like my first or second pro fight. I don't remember. I was down in Georgia at that time, yeah.
0: Oh, like ATL, Georgia?
2: Uh, like, uh, yeah, Fort Benning, Georgia. <laughs> uh, okay, so okay. okay.
0: I'm from Atlanta, that's why I was wondering, man. So, wait, did uh, nice. did, did you pull out? Did he pull out? What was the deal?
2: Um, I can't remember, honestly. That uh, was a while ago. That was a 55. I'm pretty sure I had something come up with the military. I'm not too sure. Uh, it may have been on, my, on our end, yeah.
0: And, and this fight's at 170, right?
2: Yeah, that's the thing. You know, one hundred and fifty-five, being six-three, that doesn't—it's not too healthy. So, one hundred and seventy is my home. Been bouncing between them for a couple of years. I'm settling on seventy.
3: What was
0: it like for you making that cut to fifty-five, man? Was it real rough?
2: Uh, yeah, it was. It was, yeah, <laughs> rough is a is a good way to put it. Um, it's just extremely damaging to the body. I mean, you're sitting in a sauna with a sauna suit on, you know, rubber bands tied around your ankles, tied around your wrists and your hand starts swelling up, I mean, it's just, it's just not healthy to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, not only that, man, but I mean, you must just have more energy, you don't have to just focus on losing the weight the entire camp, I mean, obviously, don't get me wrong, your diet must still be clean, but, you know, you don't don't have to kill yourself to make 155, you know what I'm saying?
2: Right, I'm not, I'm not going through training camp burning 2,000 to 3,000 calories a day and only eating 1,700, you know? That's yeah. what I had to do to make 55. So now I'm eating, you know, I'm getting a good 1,500, 2,000 calories in addition to what I'm already burning. So
0: There you go, man. Now, I mean, you're only 28 years old, man. You're still young in the sport. You're about to reach your prime. How far do you want to take this?
2: I'm going to the top, baby. This is it. This is, this is, the, this is the door that everybody wishes they had opened for them, and it's my time to walk right through it and take it. I mean, this is, this is what I've been waiting for for over a decade.
0: No, absolutely, man. And I mean, do you plan on going out there and finishing Micah Miller and really cementing that?
2: Uh, you know, it's it's not so much about Micah as it is I go out to finish anybody who steps in that cage. You know, if you if you want to cross that threshold, I'm coming to kill you. And I expect the same from, you know, it's, it's not really, a, I mean, there's a sport to it. There's a sport aspect to it. But when two people get into that cage together and that door locks, only one person can come out, you know, on top. So I don't, I don't fight for rounds, I don't fight for scores. I fight to get in there and finish the person.
0: That's what I like to hear, man. And you know, it's interesting. A lot of fighters like to talk about how like it's not about the opponent. It's about I'm in there fighting myself. Do you do you relate to that at all?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, I I'm constantly in the gym trying to refine, you know, my rear kick, refine my back elbow, refine my knee, you know whatever it is that day that you know the jiu-jitsu technique that I'm studying like I've got to refine it, refine it, refine it. And every time that I take a fight, this is a test to put all that hard work and training, you know, out there and see see what the result is. So, you know, this camp has been phenomenally awesome so far. Um, you know, summer's coming. It's, it's a good time. It's a really good time
0: when you visualize this fight are there particular weapons that you see landing in this fight the heel the knee the elbow i mean is there something specific that you've been training for this camp that you're like man i really (laughs) want i want i want to land that shot on Micah miller
2: (laughs) i don't know you know there's there's all sorts of crazy ones. Maybe I'll maybe I'll bust one of those off the cage things. You know, hop off the cage, doing so flying flying Superman punch or something. I don't know. There
0: you go. There you go. <laughs> Showtime Superman punch. That'd be awesome. So I mean, right. I, I, so you consider yourself more of a striker?
2: Uh, mixed martial artist. You know, I I embrace both worlds. I started out heavily studying jujitsu, and that's where I got my foundation. Um, and then later on in my in my career, I I started uh, going over towards the striking more. So. They're both trained. I, I mean, I train in both of them, you know, but, uh, you know, they they all play their part. You know, you can't just choose one over the other.
0: No, absolutely. And tell me if this is true or not. You actually went five rounds in your last fight?
2: No, we did not go five rounds. I was like, what the hell is this? This is a title fight. We should be going five rounds. And they were like, no, the, the corner just, the other guys just want to do three rounds. And I'm like, well, why? Like, I don't get it. So, I you know. No, I went 3 rounds. It went, it went three rounds.
0: Okay, yeah, I got to hit up these dudes at Tapology and tell them to get your record correct cuz it said it went 5 rounds and then it but it said 20 minutes and 5 seconds. So, I'm like,
2: "Wait, that that doesn't make no, that, was, that doesn't
0: make any sense at all, you
2: know?" Yeah, it, it, no, it didn't. I mean, it was a good fight. Tough tough guy. Um, but no, it didn't go didn't go round 4 and 5.
0: Wait, hold up, dude. So, you're telling me that you're supposed to fight this dude in a title fight and then he decided day
2: of day of i'm like what
0: (laughs) like who who made that call was it the promoter was it your opponent like what 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 happened bro
2: i was told it was the opponent i don't know if it was the promoter just being like we need to shorten this shit up i I don't know what the hell was going on but that's not really my my area of worry you know that doesn't concern me i'm going there to fight somebody as long as that happens i'm happy
0: (laughs) good man Now, uh, obviously, back to Micah, I mean, where do you think this win puts you? Like, for me, I mean, I, I, I'm not you, but as a spectator and a fan of this sport, it puts you in a good position, three-fight win streak. You put a couple more together, then maybe you get the call to fight in the big show.
2: Yeah, you know, that's what, that's what some of my corner is saying. They're you're going, uh, you know, they're saying, this is, your, this is your time, brother. This is the who-the-hell-is-this-kid moment, you know? And that's, that's I believe, you know, that's, I believe that. You know, I, I I believe that 100%, man. I'm busting my ass in here every damn day.
0: It's funny because these situations happen every single time, man. Like, all the time you get the one guy that no one knows about. He's taking on the guy with a name, you know, the veteran. And everyone expects the veteran to, to teach the, you know, quote-unquote new guy or younger guy a lesson. And then the, the younger guy rises to the occasion. So... I'm pretty damn sure you're trying to rise to that occasion at Titan FC 39, huh?
2: Yes, sir. You know, I don't take anybody lightly. You know, my corners have studied him very well. They've informed me of things to do and not to do and blah, blah, blah. You know, I've, we've got a great team here at Disciples. So it's going to be a fun fight. You know, I'm excited.
0: Absolutely, my
2: man. I'm, I'm excited
0: to watch it, too. So, I mean, who are some fighters that you look up to that got you
2: into this sport? Oh man, the very first fight that I was like, "I'm definitely doing this," was the Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner fight. When I saw them go at it, I was—I think it was the first one—I was like, "Yeah, that's that's what I want to do right there." <laughs> like, that's hard. That's—I want people to see that, you know. So um, from there, I, you know, I started studying Carlos Condit, Anderson Silva, Fedor Emelianenko. Um, those are some of my top favorites. The Diaz brothers, freaking love them. So those are probably my top five right there.
0: There we go. I mean, those are some great fighters to take influence from, man. And, you know, just keep evolving, keep doing your thing. Well, listen, Kenny, I mean, we got to get out of here. You got a fight prediction for this fight?
2: Um, I'm going to fight until somebody is dead, and it's not going to be me. That's the
0: prediction. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kenny, that that's what the fans like to hear. And, man, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now, on Half the Battle. Let the audience know where to follow you on social media. And anything else you want to plug, Kenny, now's the time.
2: Hey, thanks, Daniel. I appreciate your time as well. Hey, at good to Go MMA, um, that's at Good, the number 2, Go MMA. It's on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Get at me at all of them.
0: All right, brother. Best of luck in your fight with Micah, dude.
2: Hey, thanks again, Daniel.
0: There you have it, folks. The Titan FC 39 edition of Half the Battle. Big thanks to Jeff Aronson, Jay-Z Calvicante, Diego Lima, David Machado, Kurt Holobo, Sarah Alpar, Lazar Stadjodinovich, Chino Duran, Abdiel Velasquez, Kenny Gardro, and Brian Levick. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Until the next time, enjoy the fights and make sure you watch Titan FC 39 this Friday on UFC Fight Pass. <laughs>